Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, everybody. This is Carrie Muth with the ACB of Oregon 67th Annual Convention. Welcome. And this is actually our first session. We have a lot of stuff lined up later today and all day tomorrow with a general membership meeting on Sunday, followed by our first ever auction in the afternoon. So pretty exciting. Our fun squad did a great job planning this convention. And right now I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to our interim secretary, Cassie Trosper, to introduce our speaker. Thanks, Terry. Hello, everybody. Once again, welcome to our 67th annual ACB of Oregon Convention. And it is my pleasure to introduce our first guest speaker, Miranda Radenberg. And she is going to teach us a little bit on how we can be fit and healthy while living on a budget. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Miranda. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It is a uh, honor to be the very first presenter here. So uh, hopefully I do a good job in leading the way. And yeah, so I'm gonna, just going to talk a little bit about staying fit and healthy and eating healthy on um, a budget, especially now. I mean, with COVID after the past, how many, how many, how long are we? almost two years of um, people being on lockdown and not getting out and about. And I think there's just a lot of fear about, you know, getting around people and stuff. People have become much more sedentary. They're working from home and stuff like that. So, you know, you hear people talking about gaining the COVID-20 and um, a lot of people eager to start getting that off and stuff. So I just have a few tips that I'd like to share. And I believe that after I'm done speaking on some basic stuff, then we're going to open it up for some questions and answers and stuff, which I always look forward to. I think that's the best part because I can give you all the information, but if it's not the information that you are looking for, um, just much more helpful to know what kind of stuff you guys are looking for. So um, as with anything, my first tip in it is to set a, a goal. Um, goals are just ideas until they are actually written down and it's something that you are working towards. You know, we think all day long about things that we would like to accomplish, but, um, you know, a lot of times you're just fleeting. We're not committed to them, but it's something about um, actively, you know, writing them down and start taking, starting to take steps towards reaching those goals that, that help us to um, go about accomplishing them. Um, so we're talking right now about um, eating healthy. That's what I'm going to cover first, just how to eat healthy. There's this idea that eating healthy has to be expensive. And looking at it on the surface, it, you know, that is true. A box of macaroni and cheese is going to cost you a whole lot more than, you know, fresh meats or, or something like that. So, um, but there are ways that we can do it that um, are, are much more uh, friendly, budget friendly, and we just need to put some time and some effort into it. Um, one of the ways to do that is to create a meal plan. Um, whenever we are, you know, going to the grocery store, oftentimes we'll, if we don't, if we don't have a plan, if we don't have a list, if we don't have an idea of the meals that we're planning on making, we kind of just throw things into the cart. And, and, um, a lot of times things go end up going bad because we don't end up using them. But if we have things written down, if we have, 
you know, like uh, menu plans and um, we know what we're going to make, then you buy just those items that you need. And then we end up um, actually using them and, and they don't go to waste and you don't end up buying a whole bunch of extra stuff that we're not going to eat. And a lot of times, you know, if you're going to the grocery store or hungry, or if you're shopping, whenever you're hungry, you end up throwing a bunch of things in your cart that you really probably do. So so eat whenever you just you know, shop, whenever you've just eaten something and you're feeling satisfied, create that menu so that you know what you need and what you're going to buy and just stick to those items so that you actually use them and they don't go to waste. Um, people, whenever it comes to buying fresh fruits and vegetables, um, in the area where I live here in California, I'm very fortunate in that we have a lot of locally grown produce and stuff um, that we that we have access to. But that's not true around, you know, different parts of the country, and different parts of the world. A lot of things have to be shipped in. So my suggestion for that is to buy things that are are in season. Whenever you go to your to your fruits and vegetables, um, a lot of times things are out of season, and so they have to be shipped in. And the price of those is going to be a whole lot more than if we are buying things whenever they're in season. So it's fresh fruits and, ve- and vegetables that are in season whenever you're doing your shopping. But if they're out of season, then your best bet is going to be to buy them frozen. Um, you know, vegetables and fruits are, are available fresh, frozen, and, and canned. And um, the best option is to buy them whenever they're in season and they are at the peak of their ripeness. The second best bet is going to be to buy them frozen. It's actually better to buy things that are out of season frozen because they are picked at the peak of their ripeness, which means they have the no, most um, nutritional density. Um, then, you know, and, and then they're frozen. So you're still getting all the nutrients out of it that, that we're looking for. So um, that is, that is one tip to um, buy things that are in season. And if they're, they're not in season, then to look in your frozen aisles and also Whenever you're buying um, things to eat fresh or frozen fruits and vegetables, they they always come in a store brand. I mean, you have your name brands like Bird's Eye or whatever, but typically, if there's a if there's a store brand, um, Kroger or one of those, like if you're then then a lot of times those are a whole lot cheaper than if you are buying um, something that is more name brand. And really, there's not much of a difference between the two. So um, whatever you're looking at buying, always check to see if there's a store brand because if you compare the the nutrients and stuff, there are some things that buying name brand, there is a difference, um, you know, and I can understand that. But if you're buying just like basic, you know, vegetables, fruits, fruits and vegetables, stuff like that, then it's not a big deal. Um, you know, which different things that the store brand is often just as good and, and is adequate. Um, so a lot of times, you know, people, you know, whenever you, whenever you're shopping, you want to buy snacks, you want to have healthy snacks and stuff that you, that you need. But if you look at that quote unquote healthy snacks, you know, you can see like the fruit and nut bars and, and stuff like that. But the better idea, because those things are, those cost a lot of money per bar. They're actually pretty expensive, but if you're looking at, um, creating something similar, then you can buy the ingredients rather than buying the actual product. So you get the fruit and nut bar. How about buying a container of almonds or cashews or something, and then some dry fruit, you know, uh, craisins or raisins or whatever. You see the um, the little trays that they have where you can get, you know, some dried fruit with nuts and a little bit of cheese and stuff. Like, Buying those ingredients individually rather than buying them prepackaged is a lot more cost effective 
and then trying them to buy them together as, as a package deal. Um, a lot of times even they'll do like the nuts with the, um, like the, the fruit and, and then like some chocolate chips or whatever. And, um, you know, you can, you can create those on your own. It just takes a little bit more effort. And, but the financially it's going to be a lot further to buy the ingredients than it's going to be to go out buying the individual bars and stuff like that. So, um, that is, that is one way that we can help also watching for sales. Um, you know, uh, a lot of times grocery stores these days will have their ads and stuff available online and, um, you can go on there and with your meal planning, take that into consideration, look to see what's going to be on sale as far as meats and stuff go. Um, you can buy those if they're going to be on sale, then I suggest buying extra so that you can freeze it and you can have it for a later time. Um, especially now, you know, we're having some issues with like supply chain and stuff and the price of meats is, is going up exponentially. And I, I was speaking to a guy the other day who paid, I think he said $68 for two T-bone steaks. And so just, you know, we're, we're looking at pay, paying a lot more money for um, the cost of food and stuff. So what, definitely watching for sales and stuff and um, on things that are, you know, the, that are typically more expensive than um, that's probably the best bet. And also, um, <clears throat> There are few foods that are staples that are typically a lot less expensive. So rice and beans, for one, rice and beans are actually, they actually provide all, a serving of rice and beans actually provide all the amino acids that you need for a day. So they're quite healthy. Um, beans are rich in, in protein and fiber. They have a lot of vitamins and nutrients, you know, rice as well. So not saying that you have to live on rice and beans, but there are also a number of different things that you can be creative. You can make dishes with, with rice and beans as, as a side and, and other things that are expensive or inexpensive. That's, you know, I'm just using this as an example, but if you combine things, you know, maybe have something a little bit more expensive. That's like a, a protein, you know, like, like steak or, or something like that, but then combining it with things that are less expensive. I mean, not making that protein, the, the main source of the meal, but adding in other things. I mean, if you look at, um, if you, if you, if you plan your meals around the, my plate, the government has a, a, a free website. Um, I think it's myplate.gov. And it'll give you an example of what our plates should look like whenever we're sitting down to eat. They've gotten away from the food pyramid because the food pyramid um, was, it, it offered suggestions of servings, but it didn't recommend what those servings should look like. And uh, they've decided that, you know, the, the my plate example is a lot more of a, um, an accurate description of what is a health, what is a healthy meal look like? So what does my plate look like? Well, half of the plate is set aside for fruits and vegetables, fresh fruits and vegetables. A quarter of the plate is set aside for healthy carbohydrates. And then the other quarter is set aside for protein. So what is the way that we can know? Well, our hands are actually a good measure of um, the the size, the the portions that we need to be eating. Um, our hands go with us everywhere, whether we're eating out or whether we're home. You know, you don't have to be breaking out the scale. You don't have to be, um, you know, measuring. You don't have to be weighing any of that. You can just look at your hands, your, the, the size of your hands. And, and for women, a, um, a serving of protein is going to be the size and the thickness of one of the palms of your hands. hands. So we're looking about 
probably three to four ounces. Our hands tend to be smaller. And that's the other thing is our hands are scaled to our size. And, and a woman isn't going to need the same serving size as a man who is much larger and has a much um, bigger calorie requirement. So our protein serving should be the size and the thickness of one of the palms of our hands. Our carbohydrate serving, which is going to be rice or pasta, um, you know, things like that are, um, are going to be the size of one cupped handful. And so, you know, maybe about uh, half a cup to three quarters of a cup for women who have, have larger hands. Um, our fruits and our veggies are going to be the, the size of two fistfuls. So usually, you know, you want about, you want about two cups of, of fresh veggies and, and then some fruit. And then our fat serving is going to be the size of one of our thumbs. So usually about a tablespoon. So if you're having, say, um, you're having a piece of chicken that's three ounces, and then you have a small potato, and then you want to have a little bit of um, uh, butter and sour cream, that would account for your protein, for your carbohydrates, and, and for your fat. And then you could add in some vegetables on top of that. These are just some, some examples that I'm, that I'm giving. Potatoes are relatively inexpensive. Um, you know, the, the biggest cost factor there is going to be your protein. And again, buying those whenever they're on sale and, and freezing them, you know, watching for those deals is, is a good way to go. So there's many different ways that we can put things together. And again, tying this all into planning ahead and having a menu and knowing what we're going to do. So things don't go to waste and we don't buy things that, you know, really aren't going to be used, um, is, is a great way to, uh, to, to keep things within a budget. Um, buying, staying away from sodas, um, sodas are expensive. I mean, even whenever you go out, the, the cost of, of buying a soda, even though you get refills, is going to be, oh gosh, I've seen them three and four dollars, maybe even sometimes more. So it, it does add quite a bit of cost. So ask for um, water with and, and then just add lemon or something to it that is going to, you know, bring down the cost of the meal. Buying sodas in the grocery store, um, you know, it does add up. It, it adds a lot of uh, additional cost to our grocery bills. And if we're looking to save pennies, then, then cutting those out and drinking water is a much better way. Or, um, even, you know, doing things like, I like the crystal light packets, you know, those go a long way and, um, they're a whole lot less expensive than soda and different things or, or even tea, you know? So, um, just thinking, thinking about that and staying away. So does also add just a lot of unnecessary, um, uh, calories. They're empty calories. There's absolutely no nutritional value. I know people that have lost a bunch of weight just by giving up soda. And then, you know, there's diet soda. Yeah. But I mean, arguably those, um, those ingredients in them really aren't help the best for optimal health. I, every once in a while for a treat, that's, that's fine, but they really aren't the best for, for optimal health. Um, we want to watch for labels. Um, people try to be catchy. They use uh, things like um, organic or, or locally grown. And you really want to know in order for something to be truly organic. And, and the thing is though, that they, they charge a lot more money for things that are quote unquote organic, or, or if they say they're locally grown, um, that in something for something to be considered truly organic, it's going to have the USA USDA seal of approval on it. And it's going to mean that that product 
is like 90% organic, meaning that if it's meat, um, with the things that the, the, the cow was like grass fed and, 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 um, you know, it's, it's truly organic. Other things that say organic, unless they have that seal, the USDA seal of, you know, proving that it's organic, um, it's, they're going to have like 70, I think they're required to be like 70% organic, meaning that all of the ingredients don't have to be truly organic, which in and of itself is not a problem, except for the fact that they are charging more money for it. So you really need to know what is worth spending the extra money and what is not. Um, whenever they say that things are, um, you know, cage free, well, cage free doesn't mean that the chickens are roaming around, you know, eating grass and bugs and stuff like they were meant to do. It means that they're not literally locked into in a cage, but they are still confined in a small space and they have access to an open pasture, like, you know, a certain amount of days out of the length of its life. And, and so, um, just want to be careful for gimmicks. You know, that's what I'm saying is that a lot of times they charge a lot of money for gimmicks and we think we're doing better for ourselves, but in all actuality, it's not, um, whenever it comes to buying organic for, um, fruits and vegetables, my recommendation is that if you are going to be taking off the skin, if you're going to be say peeling an avocado or peeling a banana, something like that, it's not really that necessary to go the organic route. If you're going to be eat, actually consuming the skin, say with like strawberries or some other type of berry, um, tomatoes, things like that, then maybe organic's a better way to go. I mean, if that's something that you're really concerned about, um, then you want to do that, but still being mindful of, okay, is this really benefiting me is in regards to health or, or is it just, you know, an, another, another gimmick where they're going to be charging me more money? Um, so um, that's about all I have as far as suggestions with, uh, you know, grocery lists and shopping and, and trying to make our food healthy. Um, uh, there are different ways. I mean, whenever you're eating out, that should, that's, a, that's a big thing. You know, just eat, I think eating more at home and, and creating, making our own meals is, is a lot more affordable. Um, eating things that are nutritionally sound. I mean, going out and eating burgers and fries, it does add up and they don't provide our body the optimal, optimal nutritional value that we really need. And so we do find ourselves eating more. Um, when our bodies are not being fed properly, when we aren't getting all of the nutrients that we need, then we're still going to have those hunger pains. We're still going to have issues, but whenever we're eating foods that are nutritionally dense and we're providing our bodies, all the vitamins and the minerals and stuff that we need to be able to function and to thrive, um, then we're going to find ourselves staying full or much longer. We're going to be eating less. We'll be cutting, you know, dollars from our, our budget. Um, because we're not going out and having, you know, expensive snacks and, and expensive meal, meals and stuff like that. So it really does make a difference whenever you're, you're eating foods that are actually good for you versus eating junk. Um, we do find ourselves with more cravings and, and eating far more and being more out of shape and packing on those pounds when we're eating things that are not, um, that are not good for us. But, um, 
The other is going to be uh, getting fit. How do I get fit on a budget? Gym memberships are expensive. A lot of times for us blind people, um, they're not very practical because, I mean, if you walk into a gym, it's going to be a noisy environment. There's oftentimes there's weights and things. People, <laughs> gym goers oftentimes are the laziest people. Um, you go in and, and there are weights everywhere. You know, there's music playing. There's people talking. And it can be an intimidate, intimidating place to, to navigate. I know I, I'm there all the time. Equipment is always moving and um, it can be difficult. You know, you don't know if somebody's sitting on a particular piece of equipment until you walk up and maybe you reach out your hand and that can create a really awkward moment. And so um, it, can be, it can be intimidating. And plus, a lot of times they're expensive. Um, I have found that um, a lot of places... Ha actually, a lot of towns, my town and, and a town next to me, we have gyms that are actually owned by a uh, local hospital or some sort of medical place. And oftentimes those places are better staffed. And so when you go in there, they actually have somebody that can assist you. When I go to my gym, for example, I'll go in and they'll, they'll call upstairs and they'll say, hey, Mariana's here. And um, somebody from the fitness desk is the same person that folds towels and makes sure they're their stock to make sure the bathrooms are clean and make sure that weights aren't getting left around. They'll come down and they'll, they'll say, okay, where do you want to go? And they'll, they'll take me up and they'll, you know, help me pick the, the weights that I want. They'll set my cardio equipment. They don't actually work out with me. I don't have to pay for any training services, but they're, they're just helping me to navigate and, and to get in there and get in the workout that I want. And they're just there to assist me, which is hugely helpful. A lot of times your chain gyms like, um, planet fitness and those that the memberships are a lot less expensive, but you don't really get the help that you need. You kind of find yourself going in. You can't really stick to a plan because you don't really know where equipment is. And, um, it's just hard to go in there and get a really effective workout. And it, it can be a, an intimidating place to, to navigate. And also, um, a lot of the gyms that are owned by some sort of a, a health facility, be it a hospital or some sort of, you know, uh, clinic or something like that, they offer um, scholarships for people with disabilities. Um, again, for example, my um, gym, I, I go in and I have to state, you know, I fill out paperwork that states what my disability is. I have to provide proof that I'm on, you know, a, a limited income, social security or whatever. And um, they, the, the membership price goes from $45 a month to $15 a month. And they do, they require that you are there a certain amount of days to be able to maintain that scholarship. You have to show up to the gym at least 12 days a week. And I know every fitness center that I have encountered that has some sort of program, there are those types of requirements and, um, you're expected to be there, but the cost is a lot less. So looking into it and, and calling and asking, I mean, it never hurts to ask if they have some sort of a disability scholarship. A lot of times for elderly people, they, they um, offer a program called Silver Sneakers that uh, the, the cost of the gym membership is going to be a lot less. And so, um, you know, definitely investigating and seeing what they have to offer is, um, is, is definitely beneficial. Um, also, um, getting outside, just getting outside and moving around 
um, going for a walk, um, making use of different uh, things that you have just around your house, you know, be it steps or, um, you know, different, uh, your floor, getting down and, and doing just some floor exercises. There are so many different apps that are available these days that, you know, there's something called the seven minute workout. It's, it's a high intensity interval training workout. It literally is just seven minutes long. I've done it before, you know, do it two or three, four times, however many days, times a day you want to do it, but it requires just very basic equipment. It's, it's a floor. It's some sort of like a chair or something that you can step up on something that, you know, a couch, whatever that you can do dips on. It's just very, very basic equipment, just basic furniture that you have around your house that you can utilize for getting in a decent workout. And I've um, seen there's different body weight apps that you can do. Um, a lot of times they aren't very accessible, but um, there are some that do have some decent descriptions. There's a website called bodybuilding.com that offers really great descriptions for all different types of exercises. They, um, they offer them in an audio description. They also offer, offer them written out in text and stuff. So just searching around and, and knowing what is available out there is, is hugely helpful in, in regards to that. Also, finding an accountability partner, um, whether it's somebody that is going to just come over and, and get in a walk with you, or maybe you guys are going to run together, um, or you know, it's somebody that, say, you find a, a friend at the gym that is going to keep you accountable and um, show up there to get in a good workout with you. And that does help to keep you on track and um, it helps to, uh, you know, keep you motivated. And it, it, with us, those of us who are visually impaired, it, it definitely helps with being able to get in there and, and know that we're doing things properly and, or navigating or whatever the case may be, you know, it, it helps with all that. So um, also avoiding buying really expensive fitness clothing. I mean, people think that they have to go out and spend a lot of money on the proper clothing and stuff when, you know, a simple pair of sweatpants and, and t-shirt would be adequate. Um, you don't have to go out. I've seen people pay hundreds of dollars for one, you know, outfit just to work out. And I would say that a good pair of athletic shoes is probably going to be where you want your biggest investment. But as far as going out and spending a ton of money on name brands, equipment and stuff, um, really is unnecessary. I mean, unless you care about looking like a fashionista at the gym, um, then, then it really is not necessary. And it, it does make the cost of things a lot more expensive. Um, paying attention to, um, ads on Facebook and, um, to things on like Craigslist and, and watching, you know, if you have the ability to go around to like garage sales and stuff, people are always selling fitness equipment because what they find is that they'll buy it and it'll sit in their home and it'll collect laundry. It never gets used, um, you know, weights or whatever it may be. They just become something that people just get tired of it taking up space and they want to sell it. Well, if it's something that you really want and something you're really going to use, watch for it because chances are that people are selling them. A lot of times they are close to new because they never really got used. 
and they're going to be selling them for a fraction of what um, they purchased them for. And so that is a, a, a great way, especially now um, when when COVID hit, the, the cost of gym equipment skyrocketed because people didn't have access to, to their fitness facilities and stuff. And so they were charging, it was, it averaged about to, to like $3 a pound for hand weights, which got quite pricey. Um, at the same time though, people were selling them for a lot less money or, um, there's even ways that you can make, create things at home that, that offer resistance, you know, like you can use empty, um, gallon jugs and fill them with water. If you want a little bit of added resistance, or I know people have used like, um, like buckets and just put, put like some sand in it or something like that. That's just anything that you can think of that, that can create, a, you know, a little bit of resistance is, is definitely helpful and is going to save you a lot of money. Um, there's a lot of stuff that is inexpensive that can provide a great workout too. I mean, but think about a jump rope, you know, a jump rope is probably one of the most grueling exercises that I can think of. It, it is a great cardiovascular exercise and uh, you, they, they cost just a few dollars. You know, you can go on Amazon and purchase them for like $5 or something like that or the, or the store or anything. There's just so many different ways that you can buy stuff that is just very, very, very basic and utilize it and get a, uh, and get a fantastic workout. So also another way is to combine just daily, um, activities with, with fitness. So, um, if you have stairs in your house and, and, you know, you have to make several trips up, um, you know, to, to do the laundry or something like that. Say your washing machine is, is downstairs and, and you put everything away upstairs. Don't try to do it all in one trip. Make, make it, a make the effort to, okay, I'm going to take up several small piles. So I have to go up and down those stairs you know, 10 different times. And if you're, when you're brushing your teeth, doing things like, you know, standing on one foot or, um, you know, just doing little things with our daily activities to make, make a big difference in just getting in movement and stuff. And that doesn't cost us anything. I mean, you can, um, you can take a chair and, uh, a lot of times it sounds so silly. We may look silly. We may even feel silly, but a lot of times, you know, sitting down at the table before you eat a meal or something, you sit down and stand up, sit down and stand up. And you do that like 10 times before you eat a meal. Well, you're getting in some, you know, a little bit of squats, a little bit of movement, a little bit of activity. I mean, there's just so many different ways that we can incorporate movement and activity into our daily lives and, um, you know, get it, get some extra calories burned, build a little bit of extra muscle. They've shown now that, um, one of the biggest predictors of longevity is leg strength. And that's because as we get older, if, if we have weak legs, our balance is going to be worse, especially for us as blind people. You know, a lot of times we don't have very good balance. Um, but our balance is going to be worse. If we have weak legs, if you're, if your max squat is being able to sit down on the toilet and then stand back up and you can do no more, then you're going to be more prone to, to balance issues, to a fall. And then you break a hip. And then once you have a hip replacement, whatever, a lot of times you become more sedentary and our life expectancy goes down quite a bit. And so, um, it doesn't cost us anything to, to do just very, very basic stuff with the activities that we do every single day that will help to build up, you know, strength and stuff like that, that will help us to be more fit, that will help us to be more mindful. And if we're paying attention to the things that we are consuming, if we're, if we're keeping track of the food and, and the, the nutritional value of it, 
and um, how much, uh, you know, portion sizing is a big part of it. You don't have to go out and, and, and follow, you know, you see all these diets and stuff or not, not just fad diets, but like these meal plans by like bikini models, unless you're striving to be a bikini model, then you don't really need to be following those plans, but just the basic idea of paying attention to the, the portion sizing and those, your food and your dollars are going to go a lot further to, to keeping you fit and healthy than it's going to be if you're, um, if you're not paying any attention and, and if there's a lot of waste and, and stuff like that. So, um, as far as all that goes, that's the, the basic, uh, things as far as cost and stuff that I could think of and that I could come up with, but I'm more than happy to take some questions and stuff. If somebody wouldn't mind calling on people that, um, maybe have raised hands and stuff, if people have a question, I'd be more than happy to, to answer some of your questions. Thank you. And hey, um, Marana, I wanted to say too, with the whole ACB's get up and get moving campaign, you know, it is a great time to just move around. <laughs> it is. Yeah. 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 Just, just finding little ways. I mean, I think we try to be efficient, you know, with stuff like, oh, I'm just going to carry this laundry up all at once, you know? And um, mm -hmm. I mean, just finding little ways that we can add in movement to our daily lives and stuff are great. Um, you know, a lot of people buy, uh, even with the, the phones and watches and stuff like that, they're great for helping keep track of steps and stuff like that. But, but even those are expensive, you know? And so just being mindful of movement is, is helpful. You know, we don't have to go out and spend our bodies were meant to let us know how it's doing. Um, you know, people, they, they, they get the watches, they get these different things and yeah, they're great for keeping track, but a lot of times people become really dependent upon those and we lose the ability to, to know how our body's feeling. If you're going out and you're watching a heart rate monitor to know what your heart is doing and in your, your, you know, able to have a conversation, but you're seeing that thing going up, Oh, my heart's going to explode. Well, if you can get out a sentence, your heart is not about ready to explode, you know? So just paying attention to your body and knowing what you're going through is, is much better than paying attention to what some piece of equipment is saying. So I think a lot of people spend a lot of unnecessary dollars on, on, you know, different types of, of, equipment that really, it can be helpful to know a baseline, but it shouldn't be the guide for, for our fitness and stuff like that. Yeah. I, and I, I will say another great resource is just the ACB community calls. Leslie Spoon, five days a week, does um, workout routines with yoga and um, different things. And then on Saturday mornings, usually there's an Angel Eye Fitness. So there's always some kind of resources that aren't really going to cost us anything. So Absolutely. Um, yeah. I've, I've yeah. seen a lot of things on clubhouse as well. There's a lot of people that will go on there and they have like a walk and talk group. They have different types of uh, fitness stuff that they do. So yeah, there are a lot of things that are available these days that don't cost anything. Nice. So I heard you say, um, 12 days a week. I, I think you probably think 12 days a month, um, when you were talking about gym oh, memberships and the requirements, yes, I probably misspoke. Yes. Um, so I had never heard of that and I had been a member of the bigger gyms before. So I wanted to say thanks for sharing that. And I'm going to look into that. I didn't know that they have a requirement. Like, so if you don't fulfill your requirement, do you have to pay more that month? And then does it go back down the next month? Do you know more about that? It would really depend on the facility and how they work it. But for me, um, and like at my facility, if I miss, um, you know, if I don't make it in, then they will actually uh, cancel my scholarship. 
And so oh, you do have to go in and, um, I mean, those could be 12 days in a row. They give you space out. I think you would actually, you can actually put it on pause for a period of time. Like if you're going to be out of town for a while and you're not going to be there, um, then you can actually put it on pause for a while, but it really just depends on how they do it. You know, each place is going to have their own set of rules for it. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely worth looking into. Well, thank you. Um, I wanted to say uh, what I do. Uh, <clears throat> one time uh, I put my phone in my pocket so I could just count the steps I've been, you know, and, and the distance. And what I do in the house is instead of putting something in the trash in the room I'm in, I'll walk down the hall to the kitchen and then back again. And in doing that, I have clocked over a mile just doing that, walking around in my house in a day. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, just little things like that, just being mindful and making ourselves get up and move. Um, is great. I know here at home, if I'm not going to be able to get out and get to the gym, I have a, a, a kettlebell. It's a, it's a weight that um, I, I have. And I set it right by my door and I make a, a, an agreement with myself. Like, okay, every time I pass through this door today, I'm going to do, you know, 10 kettlebell swings or whatever. So it's just finding did a little different ways to, um, to do that. I know one of my friends does the same kind of thing. He's like, okay, every time I go through this door today, I'm going to go down and do 20 pushups, you know? So it, any way that we can think of just to incorporate a little bit more activity into our lives is, is fantastic. We know that's a great recommendation. I, I will say um, my sister had a friend years ago that all of a sudden she had lost a lot of weight. And my sister asked her, what did you do differently? She goes, I threw away the TV remote. And, oh, that's hilarious. And I quit asking my kids to go get me my water or drink or whatever, you know, yeah. so just uh, yeah. doing all that. And yeah, she had lost like 150 pounds. It was incredible. Wow. That's fantastic. And, I, and I'm sure after a bit, it came down to eating choices and all those other healthy choices we make. But, you know, if you start moving, you know, you, your momentum will continue. And as you start feeling better, you can move more and more and more. So. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And not only that, but you, you start to see the progress. You kind of get like, oh, wow, I want to keep this going. What are other ways that I can start, you know, helping this along? And, and you start thinking on, you know, on your own, you, you want, you get that motivation to eat a bit healthier and to start paying better attention. So yeah, getting that kickstart is hugely helpful in keeping us motivated. Yeah. So Cassie, I noticed you came back in. Do you have anything to add? I know you was out for a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, I've been back and forth on the phone with my kiddos, doctors. Of course, perfect timing, right? No, not really. I mean, I the one biggest thing I had um one of our next gym members, Ika, I was talking to her about um trying to cut out soda. That's my biggest downfall is soda. Um, and she introduced me to, I think it's called bubbly sparkling water. So it's the one thing it still gives you the bubbles, but it doesn't have the sugars and the all the extraness that the the sodas do so yeah so that's that's my thing is i like to fill the bubbly carbonated kind of stuff not just a plain old bottle of water but but no i think marina she covered a lot of good stuff that i didn't even know so i i will say going back to the soda i quit drinking soda cold turkey june 18th that's and i've drank <laughs> diet pepsi since i was like 15 16 years old and i'm 51 so that's a long time and congratulations <laughs> well done i know it, it's been hard it was hard in the beginning but you know i used to hate water i i would really 
not want to drink water because it tasted terrible. Well, you know what? It doesn't taste so bad now. But the most incredible thing that has happened is I would wake up every day with a headache based mm-hmm. at the same place and they're gone. Um, you know, the headaches that I have mm-hmm. are a different type, but those ones, those daily. So, you know, even sometimes when we make that choice, you know, cold turkey isn't always the easiest to do, but mm-hmm. you know, if you're trying to get off of some things, you know, you can go through detox for, you know, 10 days and then feel a lot better after that, you know? So sometimes when we have some of those, you know, negative habits that we choose to get rid of, um, you know, it might be worth that awful feeling detox. <laughs> yeah. Coffee well, detox, anyone? <laughs> I can't it's, go there yet. You know, I took one away. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking the other away yet. <laughs> yeah, I can't it's, deal without my coffee. That's it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's true, though. You know, and we, we also, it, so many of those things are so chemically you know, processed foods and those things, they're, they're so chemically enhanced. I, you know, I, you, you look at the thing, it's like, you feel like you're eating a science project. And I found like the more basic things are, the more simple things are, the fewer ingredients that are in something, the better it is for you, the more nutritionally sound it is. And so those are the things that we really want is just good, just eating real food, not eating things that have been highly processed and stuff. Anything that is processed, it's, it's going to be, they, they basically take it apart, they strip out all of the good stuff, they put it back together and then they sell it to you. You know, there's really, and they do that to preserve life and, and to keep it fresher and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we want things, everything is preserved. So it, it's just, it's not as nutritionally sound as, as, as real food is. So. Right. Yeah. And I know another thing too, um, Miranda mentioned, um, like getting it like on your floor doing exercises, um, I can't get out and go to the gym, obviously, but I was in the army for three years. So I got a lot of physical training in there. So I've reverted back to my days that we didn't go on five to eight mile runs where we would stay in our little area and do push-ups and sit-ups and leg lifts. And it can even be as simple as you sitting on the edge of your chair while you're listening to a podcast or, or listening or watching to a TV show and doing some leg lifts or getting in your floor and just doing some stretches, you know, just moving your body is going to make a big difference. Exactly. Yeah. And there's Um, a lot of inexpensive equipment on Amazon too. Like I've just bought like some push-up bars because the army messed up my arms. So I can't just do normal push-ups anymore, but you know, little arm weights or leg weights. And, you know, I think you, you mentioned Miranda, you can use cans out of your cupboard or bottles of water, you know, mm -hmm. just anything with some sort of weight behind it, just to give you that little bit of an, extra um or you draw body yeah. weight yourself you know exactly yeah yeah well you know on auction on sundays so we're selling some of our goodie bags from last year that had exercise yeah. bands in them yeah nice nice Ron, i know that um thanks for doing this um as well i know that when i go to the gym the other thing that i've also done is um label equipment um because a lot, a lot of the equipment these days, as you probably know, is very inaccessible. I, I was sort of thinking, is there any sort of <clears throat> equipment you can recommend either for home use or in a gym situation that is more accessible, more readily accessible? Because I am finding a lot of the stuff now is very much touchscreen um, and require, requiring labelling, but also thinking about the fact that a lot of these touchscreens now also move around. Yeah, they do. Which obviously makes it a lot harder. Yeah, so do it you does. Know of any equipment that's more used to 
London VIs? There's um, there's a brand of treadmill that I've had called a spirit treadmill that usually the buttons and things on those are, are tactile. So it was really simple to use. Um, the one that I have now, I forgot what the name of it is, but again, the buttons are, are tactile. They, they have um, you know, like the, the start and stop um, and the, the incline and stuff. They're just like little cushy buttons that I, they're like an arrow that I can push up or down to, to adjust the speed and stuff. But you're right. Everything these days, it seems like is going to touch screen and it really is a pain. Um, really it's just getting in there. And I, I mean, if you go to your local sporting goods store, tell them that you want to try out some of the treadmills that have models though, that you can try and, and just feel, you know, like where the start and stop buttons are and stuff. But even I found that even just, just because a brand makes one of their treadmills with tactile, it doesn't mean that all of them are. So you just have to go out and, and check out the different models and stuff. Um, but, um, I know that there was a meeting earlier this year on accessibility with fitness equipment. And that is one thing that they've, they've kind of taken some initiative and said, like, there has to be some sort of accessibility that they start building, building into these things. So whether or not it was taken up and, um, I know that, um, there was a board that was going to be meeting and they were going to be discussing it and stuff. But again, it's going to be up to the gyms and stuff to purchase that equipment to make sure that their members who are visually impaired or whatever do have, can, can access it and stuff. But um, really, Marco, I just think it's a matter of getting in there. Some of them, I know a lot of the, at the, at the gym, a lot of the life fitness ones, um, those tend to be a little bit more tactile. Um, but I mean, I've had to do the same thing where I take in my little dots and stuff and just ask them to mark equipment, but then people take those things off too, you know? So a lot of times I'll just take a, a thing of a sheet of them and say, Hey, let's leave these here. And whenever I need them, you know, we can pull them out and put them on there and stuff, but it is really a pain. So my, Michael, the most useful things that I've got is the, uh, the sheet of dots because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's, it's a pain that I, I, I despise the touchscreen thing. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, probably looks cool or whatever, but it's the simpler things for us are much easier to, to navigate and use. Um, Michael Babcock, do you have anything that you know much about the Pelotron that has the accessible stuff? And, you know, this would be more if you're going to do something, it's definitely not uh, on a budget necessarily, <laughs> not on my budget. Um, so, Michael, go ahead. Perfect. So I was part of a great panel of individuals on a main menu episode, and I can't remember, I think it was in June, but I could be wrong on that, where we talked about accessible rowing machines, uh, the Peloton bike that does come with a version of TalkBack on it because it is a Android-based operating system. Um, and I believe they are now, yep, they are now available in Australia for order two, if that's something you were looking into, Marco. Um, and last I knew, I haven't worked with Peloton since July, but last I knew the tread did not offer accessibility features built in, but that is something to explore as well is the, uh, Peloton line of products and, and go listen to that, um, uh, main menu episode where we talked about fitness because there's also an under desk tread that the California commission or the California council of the blind is also offering that could also help you with staying moving while you're sitting or standing at a desk too. It has a lot of great resources out there. Um, again, you know, apps, there's so many different free apps these days with, um, 
you know, workouts and things like that, that it just, you know, um, there was one that I, I, I forget the, oh, it's called Aptive, um, A-P-P-T-I-V-E, uh, Aptive. And it's, it is one that is, I, I believe it's just basic um, body, body weight stuff, but it is very accessible. And um, I know a lot of people that are into fitness and stuff that have actually said it's, it's really decent. So that would be one that people could check out. I will say I bought uh, myself a elliptical. So I live in a small community and it's kind of hard to get to the gym anyway. And so <clears throat> I went and bought myself, <coughs> it's an elliptical recumbent bike combo unit that has the bells and whistles, but I can just get on there and start moving. And so I'll use my um, timer on my iPhone and set a timer and go with that most of the time. So even though it has a lot of complicated settings that could happen, I'm just using it very basically. So, you know, that's always an option too. Um, and I justified it as in, you know, it still cost me less than a year membership at a gym. Mm -hmm. um, had I had more transportation options and stuff, you know, like you mentioned earlier on Craigslist and all those other, you know, buy, sell, trade options, you know, I probably would have tried something like that. But you know, sometimes that's a little more difficult, um, but it is something I went to a local sporting goods store to be able to touch and feel and make sure it was something that was going to fit me well. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, even the, you know, somebody was mentioning earlier the bands, um, you know, like the the different resistance bands and stuff that they have. There are so many different workouts that you can do with just, and they're pretty, they're relatively inexpensive. I've gotten a thing of them. I think it was like $25 for several different, um, uh, bands from, from Walmart, you know, and you can get in a full body workout, you know, just anything to add a little bit of resistance. So, um, there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of different things out there that they're very simple, very basic, but, um, that you can do a lot of work with. So. And I know that seven minute workout that you mentioned, you can ask the A lady for that and she will do that, go through that seven minute workout as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that before. I mean, just being home, you know, seven minute workout and you do it, you know, a couple of few times a day if you want to. And, uh, you know, you've got in a great workout. And also for people who do have um, equipment at home, you can vary it. You know, you don't just have to be, if you have a treadmill, you don't just have to go for a run. You can change it up. You can do inclined walking one day. You can do high intensity interval training where, you know, you're, you're going at, at a hundred percent and then slowing it back down, doing that variable heart rate thing. And, and they all, your body responds to all those different types of exercise in a different way, you know, with steady state cardio, where if you're going to go on there and you're going to run, you're, you know, you're, you're going to have, you're, you're doing different than you're doing. If you're, you're running like an, on an interval where you're, you're doing the high intensity and stuff, whereas it's going to be different, you know, walking uphill is, is going to be more muscle building and stuff. So um, just varying up the types of workouts and stuff that you can do, you, you can get in a bunch of different great workouts and, and do being doing different things for your body as well. And then changing it up helps keep your body from getting into that plateau where it's really hard to keep the trend going of like your weight loss and stuff. I've hit that a few times and it's like, what can I do next to change things? You know, so your body not knowing what you're going to do, like your body gets in that routine if you're doing the same thing every day. So if you're doing things different, it keeps your body 
changing as you're changing. So exactly. Your body doesn't adapt to it because that's what mm-hmm. our bodies do. They, they, they learn to adapt and they learned how to conserve energy and we want to be spending as much energy as we possibly can. So yeah, constantly changing it up and doing different things is going to help to, to keep that going. Right. And that's the same way with when you're eating, like if your body knows, okay, I wake up and like, I've been bad about this where I'm not usually a breakfast eater. I'll drink a pot of coffee instead. And I'll be Mm -hmm. sitting at my desk doing homework. And all of a sudden I turn around and I'm like, holy goodness, I'm hungry, you know, and it's two o'clock and I haven't ate anything. So that's when your body tends to start storing stuff because it's not sure when it's going to get something next. So that's, yeah, a lot of times women, especially, you know, we, we, our first thing, if you start, you know, we want to lose weight. Our first thing, a lot of times is to cut, is to cut calories. Um, and, and oftentimes what we need is, especially for becoming more active is, is more calories, just healthier calories. Um, I've been to where, you know, eating very few calories and working out, not budging at all, as far as my weight goes, if I'm trying to reach a certain weight goal and, but then actually adding in calories because your body, if if it's saying like, Hey, I need more energy here and and you're expending way more than what you're offering. And it's going to hold on to stuff. You know, it's going to, it's going to like, Hey, wait a minute, we're going into starvation mode. We need to start Mm -hmm. doing things. So, so yeah, changing it up and just knowing your body and knowing what you need and, and stuff is, is hugely helpful. You know, along with that, um, you know, hunger, sometimes, you know, a lot of us just don't drink enough water. You know, it says mm-hmm. eight ounce, you know, eight, eight ounce glasses a day. But, you know, I've heard a lot of things that say we should be drinking a gallon of water a day. And so a lot of times when we feel hungry, it's really our body saying, hey, I We're need thirsty. some water. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah. always a good thing to do. You know, a lot of times you feel, if you have, if you feel hungry, if you kind of have a, having a craving for something, go in and drink a glass of water and wait, you know, 10, 15 minutes and see if it helps. You may find out you're not hungry at all. You know, you just needed, you just needed a little bit of water. And I've heard that too, that if you, you're prone to getting like those little nagging headaches, that that could also be a sign of dehydration as well. His- so you guys were, um, I, I, I missed the first like two minutes and I know you were talking about eating healthy on a budget and then you were talking about hunger stuff. So there's things you could do like really cheap in the morning. Like uh, I prepare these little egg muffins so you can like make, uh, you could crack maybe like six or 12 eggs depending and fill, um, mix them with a fork and then put them in a muffin tin and you can add vegetables. And there you can add mushrooms, peppers, onions, whatever, and then you cook them and you can put them in a Ziploc bag. So if you need a little snack, you could have those. They're like little mini egg biscuit muffins. I don't know what you want to call them, but um, they're really healthy and they're really cheap. Um, and it helps when you need to cure hunger to have that like as a snack. And also those oatmeal packets don't cost very much. Like I know the biggest loser really recommends those to buy like a box of oatmeal and then it only takes a cup, a fourth cup of water for mm-hmm. oatmeal. So mm-hmm. that's really cheap too. And you can carry those in your purse or your pocket or your fanny pack. So you always have oatmeal if you're hungry. You can always find hot water somewhere. So that's a way to be cheap. You could make the egg things at home and then have oatmeal if you're yeah. really hungry and need a snack. Like that's what I, I carry oatmeal packets because you never know. Like I don't eat much meat. So sometimes I can, when I travel, I just do that. So anyway, I just wanted to add that because you guys were saying, well, maybe water, or maybe this, or we, we do not, we, we try to watch our calories. So that might help. Yeah, definitely. It's a great recommendation. Plus the, the little bit of fat and protein 
in the eggs is going to keep us satiated, you know, much longer than chips or something like that. So yeah, good point. Yeah. Google the recipe and like how long to cook them and and stuff like that. Cause there's, cause I don't know exactly for everybody else in different altitudes are different. So sure. Yeah. yeah. And you could put bacon if you like bacon. I just don't. So there you go. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It's great. I always try to keep boiled eggs because Abby really likes boiled eggs. And, you know, with kids, if it's something at least yeah, a little bit, you try to keep that on hand. <laughs> so yeah. she likes her boiled eggs and string cheese and, and things like that. So those are good snacks for her. Yeah. yeah I, I was going to say, I think it was Janine mentioned also mm-hmm. putting the veggies in with the eggs. You know, one of the big things that we never get enough in in our our diet and our nutritional needs is fiber. Um, and you know, that's a lot of veggies and fruit and, and, you know, veggies are a lower calorie option, but Mm -hmm. you know, being able to add veggies to everything, you know, every meal, sometimes that's kind of (laughs) weird. Have eggs and bacon and cucumber. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I agree. I agree. Um, I found that bell pepper a lot of times goes with eggs and stuff, you know, different things like that. And those are really high in vitamin C and stuff, but, um, tomatoes awesome with eggs too. Oh yeah. You know, what's really good. Well, okay. I like to saute, um, put some mushroom, but zucchini or broccoli is really good in scrambled eggs. Yeah. 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 Here, here's an outlier celery sauteed <laughs> celery in eggs that's yeah. an outlier yes I, I, haven't tried that. I, I like to eat celery i use it instead of chips to like dip salsa or you know other dips like celery is a great alternative hummus. to chips hummus yeah, yeah you celery. have to like hummus first yeah, yeah, yeah that's I true a, i haven't found a hummus quite yet that i like <laughs> <laughs> Might try making your own. Try making your own hummus because hummus to make is pretty inexpensive, and then you can get a flavor profile that you like better. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I like avocado. I put avocado in a lot of things. I'll even put like avocado in chili or in my eggs, or just have avocado just for a snack. Mm, you should have been from California. <laughs> 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 I don't know how I really like avocados. I, I, it, it's a more recent thing, though, because I used to be like, I didn't like those. And I started preaching to Abby, well, you never really know if you like it until you try it. So yeah. Finally tried yeah. it and I actually liked it. So avocados are really good for you. They actually help to uh, raise your HDL, which is the good cholesterol. So um, they, are, they are very good for you. Nice. And how, what is the good thing? I still haven't gotten the whole thing of picking out avocados. I know you want them a little, not squishy, but you want them a firm squishy kind of not hard though. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, if you buy them hard, um, you take them home and you let them sit out on the counter for a couple of days, they'll usually, um, ripen up, you know, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you, I usually buy them where they just have a little bit of squish to them, but they're not super hard. It depends on how soon you're planning on using them too, though. If you want to use them promptly, then you're going to want to find some that are much softer. Right. So the trick I found with avocados is the little, um, where the stem used to be on top, if you poke it and it, uh, sinks in, yeah, you want to use it like that day. Um, and if you find it that way in the store, it means, you know, some air has been able to get in there. Yeah. Um, 
you know, an oxidized because basically you're you're pushing the little uh oh, I'm just gonna call it a pip, you know, into <laughs> you know the flesh of the avocado, just just a hair, you know, it's not like a big deal, but but that that's what I've found to figuring out if if you've got a firm avocado um before it gets squishy, if it's somewhere in between soft and firm, you you put poke the little pip in and um voila, you will you will have a good eating avocado. <laughs> you know, an- another thing that I found, you know, trying to be fit healthy on a budget is really cutting out the trips to the restaurants. Um, yes. Yeah, that, that's a huge money saver. And, you know, I can fix the same thing that a restaurant does, but my, if I'm counting the calories or the macros or whatever, my salad, what, however I'm tracking that. Um, it's going to be way healthier than what I'm going to find. Um, so, so you have a lot more control. If you look at the if you look at the calorie count in salads in most restaurants, they are sometimes I, I've seen them. You know, fourteen, fifteen hundred calories in a salad before. People go in there thinking that because it's a salad, it's better. But when they add on you know, bacon bits and cheese and and you know fatty dressings and fried chicken and stuff, there's nothing healthy about it. And um, that's kind of funny that people have this idea, you know, I've heard people say so many times, you know, I, I want to eat healthy, but I don't like salad. It's like, well, salad really isn't your best option. Iceberg lettuce has no nutritional value. And, um, you know, you end up adding a bunch of stuff on there to make it taste better. But that stuff that you add on top is usually really dense in calories. And so um, going and going to a restaurant. So what I say is when you order your meal, you, you ask them to bring a, a to-go container when they bring your meal. And then you take half of that meal and put it into the to-go con- container. So that, I mean, the, the, the portion sizes that they serve these days are just crazy, you know? And we don't need to sit down and eat that much at one time. So you take half of your meal and you put it into the to-go container and you don't touch it. And then you decide, you know, people go and they, they want to get the appetizer, then have a meal and then eat dessert. And I tell people a lot of times, like being sensible, so you go out every once in a while and you want to have a sensible meal um, for a treat. So you decide, okay, I'm going to order an appetizer and I'm going to have my meal and then I'm going to skip dessert. Or are you going to have your, your skip the appetizer and then have a meal and then have dessert? Or are you just going to have your meal, you know, and then you order water and stuff like that. There's, there's a way to cut a tremendous amount of calories from eating out if, if we just pay attention to portion sizing and, and we don't feel like we have to completely indulge every time we go out, we can, we can still be very sensible. Plus the appetizers and dessert are going to add a whole lot more cost, you know, to it. So, yeah. And you know what I, what I've done too, especially if I'm going to go um, to a restaurant I don't frequent very often is, you know, you can go online, and look at menu options and, you know, make your choice before you get there. Because by the Correct. time I get in a restaurant and I'm hungry, I'm going to order everything. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. Yeah. So if I have a plan, I'm going to go and, okay, this is what I'm going to order. And I'm going to put half of it in a goat container or, you know what, maybe I'm going somewhere with a friend and we agree, you know what, Hey, let's get an appetizer and a meal and split them both. Correct. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of creative things you can do to reduce your cost and, and be healthier at that restaurant. And, you know, a few years ago, my daughter and I were really working on being healthy and we actually had a list of fast food places. If we went to KFC, this is what we would order. If we went to Wendy's, this is what we would order. 
Um, mm-hmm. And we kept that with us. So we did a lot of research in the beginning, but then it made it easy. Oh, hey, you know what? Let's go here. And, you know, these are our three choices. We don't have 30 choices. We have three, but um, it still gives you that sense of being able to go out and the environment and all those other pieces that some of us enjoy. Mm-hmm. I heard exactly. a recent uh, kind of amazing suggestion is that most places have their menus online with the nutritional stuff. So if you know you're mm-hmm. going ahead of time to a restaurant, you can go look at the menu before you get there and, you know, figure out what you're going to eat. It's all mm-hmm. done. If you don't, you know, you know, you're not deciding on your stomach that you're, you know, like, okay, I'm hungry. I want this other thing. Like there's a lot of choice, you know, it's yeah. easier to stick yeah. to your choices. Well, and, and knowing, and knowing what different things mean too. I mean, if you're going out, you, you want to look for things like you want grilled chicken or blackened chicken, you know, staying away from bright fried chicken, um, avoiding like a bunch of the sauces and, and the dressings and stuff like that, that are really fatty. Um, ordering is if it comes with some sort of a cream dressing, that's going to be high in calories. You can order a vinaigrette and then ask them to put it on the side. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that we can cut, you know, the sugar and, and the calories and stuff that, that come with meals as they are. I mean, their, their goal is to make everything taste as good as possible. But if you're being mindful of what you're putting into your mouth, you're going to want to pay attention to those things and, and just try to make things as healthy as you possibly can. I would say though, with the vinaigrettes, uh, a lot of times they'll add sugar. And yes, so, they do. Yeah. You yeah. know, you got to be mindful of that too. It's like, okay, yeah. where do you want your calories? Do you want the, it to come from the fat or do you want it to come from the sugar? Exactly. No, that, that, that is very true. And and I would say there's um, websites like calorie King or, you know, there's apps like the lose it app or my fitness pal that, you know, when you go in there and you search foods, they'll pop up restaurants. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? Yeah. It's easy to use. It's it's blind friendly. And um, yeah, so you can go in there and sing in there. You can even put in your own recipe and it'll yes. calculate all the inf- nutritional info. Yes. It's great. Yeah, it is a great app. Yeah. Love that app. Yeah, it is great. Ooh, has anybody talked about dancing yet as an exercise option? Ooh, no. That's a oh. great thing to talk about. Okay. So I have a hard time with this whole exercise business. I, I really struggle. Like, I find it boring. I don't like it, but I love dancing. Um, you know, and there was that great 80, 80 song dancing by myself, um, <laughs> you know, so, so what I do is I ask my lady advice or my smartphone to play music or play a specific song. And I dance to that song, even if I'm dancing badly that day, you know, doing like dork dancing, totally not in rhythm. I'm up, I'm moving, I'm listening to a great song. And what I found, it's, it's amazing how many of those, you know, like, so you get up from whatever it is you're doing, you put on one song, do your thing, right? Well, imagine doing several of those songs in a day. That accumulates time working out pretty quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like it you easily, yeah. you know, that, that 20 minutes they always talk about, you know, that's what, four or five songs? That's, that doesn't take long. Yeah just yeah, to do periodically throughout your day. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, just finding ways to move. I mean, um, you know, like marching in place while you're brushing your teeth or when I'm blow drying my hair, a lot of times, um, you know, a lot of times we bend over and we blow wet, 
whenever, whenever I bend over to, to like blow, blow dry my hair upside down, I'll go in down into like a squat position and I just stand there and I, I hold that squat throughout the duration of the, the time that I'm drying my hair. So well, that's what I do when I'm brushing of- my teeth. Cause I lean over to brush my teeth. Cause I'm a messy toothbrusher. Let's, 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 that's just there. <laughs> so yeah. that's what yeah. I do when I brush my teeth is I'm, you know, leaning over the sink and then that, that gives me support that I can lean on the sink to do things like squats and lunges and other stuff. And yeah. you know, I'm already doing the thing. So exactly. it's easy yeah. to put into the, to the schedule. It's easy to exactly it right in there. Sometimes you know, somebody, um, if somebody's watching us, we might feel a little bit crazy or they might think we're a little bit weird, but Hey, who cares? Well, that's <laughs> no, why I'm, they I'm, invented bathroom doors that you can close. Exactly. <laughs> so I will say earlier, you mentioned, you know, when you walk through past certain doors, something at one point I decided I was going to do so many squats every time I had to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 51. I had four kids. I go to the bathroom way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> well, so maybe I do it every really, other time, you know, yeah, or, or do less each time. That <laughs> maybe do, do, do maybe do less each time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Do, so do maybe like five or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, I will say to the dancing, um, my, my first guide dog I had, she loved to dance. And so if Aww. I got up to dance, she would dance with me. It was so oh, that's fun. fun. And that is yeah, fun. Aww. Yeah. And um, I was on a call yesterday and somebody mentioned, you know, the name of their white cane was something slim, right? So, you know, <laughs> you can dance with your cane. Why not? Oh, 100%. Um, a friend wants to know, how do you do a proper kettlebell swing? Oh, so that's going to be hard for me to describe. I, 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 I mean, I'm happy to walk through it, but um, as far as actually executing it, I would highly recommend they have a professional show them because I don't think with an audio description alone, um, they're going to be able to, to do it. So I'm actually going to have to stand up and walk myself through it while I do it. So um, with the kettlebell swing, the, it, it, if you guys don't know what a kettlebell is, so imagine a, a cowbell where you have the main part of the weight at the bottom and then it comes up and, and there's a handle at the top. So whenever you do a kettlebell swing, I, I take my kettlebell and I put it out and you, you kind of, you start in a position, like kind of like a squat position where you're, you're in a more of a hinge. So you, you want to, you want to bend slightly at the knees and, and you don't want any bend at your, in your back. You, you don't want your back arching at all. It's going to be completely straight. You bend at the knees and you come down in a hinge and it's basically like you're hiking a football. So if you can imagine hiking, so you go down and, and the, the kettlebell is going to be the, the, the football basically. So you take it and when you first start, you swing it back and you're going to slide it you're going to swing it back to like, almost like you're going to smack yourself in the crotch with it. I and mean, it's basically what you want to do. And, and the motion is basically like you're swinging it back towards yourself and you're sticking your butt back. So you don't hit yourself with that kettlebell. So you want to bring it and, and you swing it back. It, it goes right between your legs. It should be, your hand should be touching the inside of your thigh. So it sounds and, like it's uh, a, you're grabbing the, um, kettlebell by two with two hands you're you're grabbing it with two hands yeah there's there's a a handle at the top you grab it with both hands you do it like like you're hiking a football you pop your hips back you want your back completely straight and you swing that bell back between your legs and then the momentum of it going to go forward you're going to come up and you're going to pop your hips forward and whenever you pop your hips forward your 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 arms are basically like chains you're not using the strength of your arms to to raise or lower that 
that kettlebell. Your arms are loose. They're basically like chains dangling and you're, you're holding that bell. And when you pop back forward, you pop your hips forward that the momentum is going to bring your, your hands up. They should be parallel with your shoulders. And then to go back down, you're going to swing it back down and you're going to pop your hips back again, again, into that hinge position. Your back is straight, comes right between your legs. And then you, you, sw- you pop your hips forward again, you thrust forward and it's going to, I see it, why it, you're recommending to go yeah, have a exactly. professional yeah, help yeah, you with because, it. Because, because, because if you're coming mm. out, if you're doing it and you're having back pain, a lot of people have a problem with squatting their swing. It's not a squat position. It's a hinge position. So, and whenever you're thrusting forward and you're coming, like you should have your butt cheeks squeezed together. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you're running to the bathroom, you're going to have a problem. You come up and you squeeze them together and um, it's, it's all in the hips and, and the motion. And it's, it works out the, your entire, your core, everything. It's a, it's a fantastic movement, but again, it's one that if you don't know what you're doing, you could hurt yourself really bad. And uh, I would recommend that somebody have somebody who's a professional show them how to do it. So that's it. <laughs> I, I will say too, one of the things I've noticed around here is if you join a, a, a gym, you know, normally they will let you have a session or two with a trainer. And maybe it's mm-hmm. just somebody that's showing you the equipment. Maybe it's somebody. So, you know, a lot of gyms have that, like you can pay for a trainer, but mm-hmm. you know, if you're new or if you've never taken advantage of it, just ask at a gym and say, Hey, do you have somebody that could like help me out for a little bit? Um, mm-hmm. And they'll actually can set you up with a workout routine and everything. Um, so they can, a personal trainer, it, it, it averages usually about $50 an hour. So a lot of times you can purchase sessions with them. So that can get pretty pricey, but, um, even just having them, you know, show you how to do, making sure that you have proper form and stuff. That's my number one concern with people with, with, you know, writing training programs and this stuff is, is knowing that whether or not they have proper form, because if you don't, and you're lifting weights and stuff, you're going to be really prone to injury if you're not doing it correctly. So and, and you, I think I'd like to mention too, you know, there, we do have a lot of people that you know, may have not moved for a long time or something, Yeah. you know, you can always go get checked out by your physician, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes some physical therapy stuff, depending. Um, I've actually had both hips replaced. Um, and so during that physical therapy time, now I have all those exercises I can refer back to. Um, but you know, you, you do want to, before you go crazy, make sure you're healthy enough to do it or yeah. you always start yeah. slow, right? <laughs> it, well, especially, I mean, for people who have been athletes maybe in the past, and then you, you've been sedentary for a while, don't go into it thinking that you're going to pick right back up where you left off. Know that you're going in basically as somebody who knows what they're doing, but as a novice, you know, with starting getting your body used to those movements again and, and building up your endurance and those types of things. So it's, it's really important. Do we have any other questions or anybody else do some certain kinds of things like Desiree mentioned, loving to dance for exercise. You know, one of my favorite things is just spending time with my grandkids. And so, um, oh gosh, you know, (laughs) if, if you have kids or grandkids, you know what? go out with them, go outside, you know, get active with them, get on the floor and play with those little kids or, you know, whatever, all that movement is going to build up. Oh, so. if you get up and down and move around like a kid all day, that's one of the best exercises. <laughs> you just need to follow my uh, 20 month old grandson all over. He's the busiest little guy exactly. ever. And so, yeah. you know. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> my four-year-old nephew nephew will come over and I'm like, okay, now we're going to go here. Now we're going to go here. Now we're going to like, I am tired. <laughs> uh, he's fun. If only they could give us some of their energy. No kidding. Yes, Wouldn't exactly. that be lovely? I swear, <laughs> if we could figure out how to tap into children's energy, like, hey, renewable energy right there, problem solved. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So are there um, other favorite activities that people like to do? And you, if you're out in the audience and want to raise your hand and say, hey, I like to do this, that would be great to give people ideas of different, you know, other than going to a gym, just things you like to do to increase your activity level. I actually train Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That is one thing that oh, um, oh, I've found that I really enjoy. Um, yeah, I was uh, um, walking home from the gym one day. I, I didn't lose my sight until I was 25. Um, but I was walking home from the gym one day and somebody pulled over in their car and he started yelling at me, telling me to get in the car and stuff. I was like, huh, maybe some uh, self-defense wouldn't be such a bad idea. So I uh, called around and found a jiu-jitsu academy. And um, man, it is one of the most intense workouts, but it is the most fun too. You know, it's uh, something that as a woman, it is, it is a perfect thing for us to train as, as blind people. And, um, you know, because it's very up close and, and, um, you, you know, you want to try to limit, limit space and stuff, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic, fantastic workout and you're learning a skill at the same time. So I love it. I noticed you said Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, mm -hmm. Are there different varieties? There is Japanese jujitsu, um, which tends to be more stand-up um, than, than what we do. The Brazilian jujitsu is more of a ground fighting style. It's uh, basically submission grappling. Um, we do stuff, we start from standing, but then the fight usually ends up on the ground and you're learning how. So what I was saying is for women, you know, we find ourselves in positions. We learn, we're learning to fight from positions that we'd be finding ourselves in. Should we be in like, you know, a, a sexual assault or something like that. And so knowing how to protect yourself within that position is, is hugely beneficial. And I, I will say here in about 10 minutes, people will be able to get up and and move around with uh, hula hooping with Tyann. So no, you know, about very ten nice. minutes before that starts, <laughs> hula hooping. Hula hooping is a great is a great exercise, actually. And you know, you can pick those up at the grocery store for a couple of dollars. I mean, talk about another you know fitness, uh, good fitness, and for on a budget. That's that's an excellent way to do it. So. Well, yeah, I, actually, um, <laughs> those cheap ones at the grocery store aren't so great because, you know, you need weighted ones. Oh, I'm going to be talking you. about that later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard of the weighted ones before. I've never used them. I've never used them. But I do have a weighted jump rope that I like, but I've never used the weighted hula hoop. Well, it's like the difference between getting um, a cheap, jump rope that's only a couple dollars at the store and it doesn't really move and it's so light mm -hmm. that you get all this drag and you, you can't really get a good rhythm going mm -hmm. it, it's the same concept versus a weighted jump rope that you can really get your speed up you know it's accurate all all the things that that's like the difference between getting a cheap hula hoop versus a weighted hula hoop okay great that's awesome Another fitness tip for people out there. <laughs> and and I 
But I'd say it's a great time to get a pee break if you're going to do get up and move, even if you're not doing the hula hoop. That's you're true. You're going to want to. Get a pee break, get something to drink, drink some water. It's always important to hydrate during exercise. So, yes. Uh, yeah. Make, yeah. Make sure, make sure the it. dogs are put away. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> make sure your dog has had a break. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Get some space to hula hoop. <laughs> yep get your hula hoops out of the bedroom or wherever they are hey girls you want to go get our hula hoops <laughs> if you have little people you know send them on the mission i know i was supposed to walk and do it myself Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well it's been it's been a great time getting to hang out with you guys and i hope yeah. that uh some of the info was helpful and um I'm definitely, if people, you know, want tips, I am a certified personal trainer and a new nutrition coach. Um, and so if people want, um, you know, I don't know if you'll be posting, you can be, feel, feel free to post my email or whatever. If you want, if people actually want to contact me, I'm happy to give suggestions or, or awesome. clarify something that maybe they had some questions about or whatever. Yeah. I'm more than happy to help out. So if people want to contact me, whatever, then feel free to email me. Oh, and we I'm, got a hand. Oh, good. Well, I just, <clears throat> seems like we have some extra time. So I'm very curious what your uh, training has been and how you got this nutrition certification and things. Um, so I am certified through a, um, a group called the International Sports Science Association. And um, I went through the schooling for them and, uh, you know, did all the, the testing and stuff and received my certifications for both um, the, the training and the nutrition. And so, um, the international sports science association is a certification that is recognized in the vast majority of gyms worldwide. And so, um, yeah, I just like you get any other sort of certification. I, I went, I went through the training and, and went through the, uh, the testing and stuff and passed. And so now I'm certified. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I actually started, I started doing it just for my own knowledge, you know, because I health and fitness is something that is important to me. Um, I'm type one diabetic. And so it's something uh, that, that it was important to me. So, um, it just became a passion and, and, um, really it was for my own benefit, but I've just found that, you know, others are interested as well and I can help others. And, and I really enjoy just being able to share and, and help out wherever I'm able. So, <clears throat> No, excuse me. I have just uh, some, if if we have time and, and need to fill it, I have some questions in terms of there's so many different diets, you know, the blood type diet and the eating for your blood type and macrobiotic and keto. And how do you decide what to do? Well, well and we do have uh, five minutes. Well, okay. Just okay. Thanks. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of diets that, um, are trendy and, and then there's a lot of, there's fad diets and there's trendy diets. The fad diets are going to be the ones that are not, very, not, not usually nutritionally sound. Um, so what is best for you? The best one for you is going to be one that, that you stick to and that works with your body type. I mean, you can't really say this diet is best for everybody. You know, it depends on your activity level. It depends on, on the energy needs that you have. If, if you have, 
Um, if you, if you're a sprinter, you know, um, if you do like a lot of something that's high energy, then your nutritional needs and, and your type of diet is going to be different from somebody that is maybe a swimmer or, or, or something like that, you know? So, um, what is the best diet? It's, it's the one that works for you. And, and so I say to stay away from the fad diets. Those things are going to be like the cabbage soup diet or those <laughs> things that, that are, they're really geared towards helping you to lose weight quickly. Whereas it's, we are in marathons, not, not sprints. And we're looking for something that is a lifestyle change that is going to nourish our bodies the best. Maybe we have aversions to certain things or, or whatever, but, um, we want to find the diets that we're going to stick to and that are the most nutritionally sound for our lifestyle and for our body, if, if that makes sense. So, um, the South beach diet is one that is, is nutritionally sound. A lot of people have had great success with it and stuff. Um, but if you look at the diets that are, that are out there, you, you look at, um, uh, you know, like the South beach diet or, or low carb diet and stuff, they're all basically the same thing. They, you know, it's, it's about portion control. If you're paying attention to what you're putting in your body, if you're eating real food, if, if you're, if you're the, the vast majority of your calories are coming from just good nutritional food sources, you're, you're paying attention to your portion sizing. You're going to achieve a healthy weight um, just because, I mean, that's just, just how it works. I mean, it's basically just science, you know? So, um, you, you want to stick to things that, that are nutritionally dense and, and uh, stay away from things that are just quick fixes as far as wanting to lose 10 pounds in a week. You know, those things usually are not, are, are, are not good. Uh, small note. Uh, the low carb diet is different than the keto diet. And I watch those two terms get interchanged and it's really on my end kind of frustrating. Well, yeah. I, well, yeah, it's low carb, but keto diet, the there's same. Atkins, there's Atkins. Well, and also, also knowing like a lot of people will fear, oh yeah, the keto diet is one where you just eat, you just eat more fat and stuff, but they don't mm, actually no. read the science behind it. No, they don't they actually don't. They, they, yeah, they, you have to research and know what it's about. I mean, the Adkins diet, yes, it was about, you know, high protein and, and whatever, but it was meant to take away all of the, 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 the carbs and stuff you introduce, but then you slowly start introducing carbohydrates back into your diet. It wasn't meant to be a lifelong way of living on just protein, but a lot of people do it that way. And then they can't stick to it and they diet, they end up yo-yoing and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's so knowing their kidneys. <laughs> Yoing's yeah. bad for the body. It is. And so you want, you want to research and you want to know what it's all about. Don't just hear what somebody says and think, oh yeah, well I can do it. And then take it upon yourself to try to figure it out along the way. It's not going to work that way. Well, yeah. And why do all the figuring out? Somebody's already done it for you. It doesn't take, you know, I mean, that that's what professor Google's out there for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. So I do happen Great. to have a keto diet Braille book if anyone is interested. In it, it's two volumes. Yeah, the, the, that's yeah. awesome. But I, but I like you mentioning. Make sure and you know know what you're getting into and and researching that particular plan and getting that science behind it because they they all do work if you follow them the way they're designed. So yeah, great. Thank you so much. This was a great um, session on being fit and healthy on a budget. Um, awesome. And guys. it is. Yeah. Thank you so much.
and Have feel free to course. stick around and pull out your hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> I will, or you can at least go through the motion, right? I don't have a hoop, but I could go through the motion. So exactly. <laughs> you guys. Great, great segue. Thank you so much. Awesome, guys. You have a great day. Thank you. All right. So next up is hula hooping with Tyann and Desiree Christian is going to do our announce introduce introduction. Boy, I can't even talk. I'm going to mute myself. Thanks. <laughs> So Tyann is definitely a hula hooping maven. Um, I'm about to out you, so fair warning. This lady has a hula hoop subscription. She's seriously, seriously into hula hooping. She knows her stuff. Um, I've hula hooped with her, um, you know, a few times. uh, And she was kind enough to give me a weighted hula hoop that fits me, which I thought was going to be hard to find, but no, it, it, it exists. Um, So I suppose without further ado, if you would uh, like to take charge, my dear, have at it. All right. So like uh, we were talking about last time, last session, um, those cheap hula hoops, those are kid hula hoops. You can't really, as an adult, you, there's so many different types of hula hoops. And I didn't understand that until I really got into it uh, about eight years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. Um, So they have ones that have water in them, but they're not uh, properly uh, balanced. Um, People do use them for exercise. and I'm throwing my hula hoop. <laughs> um, and so they come in different uh, weights, sizes. There's different uh, types of tubing people use. Um, there's ones that uh, coil and snap together uh, for travel. There's ones that uh, just have multiple pieces. Um, so you can't forget the light up ones. You can get oh, them with lights. Yes, you can get them with lights. And some even have remotes so you can control the lights. I don't <laughs> You don't have any of those, do you? <laughs> I have one LED hoop. I, it does not have a remote. Um, and I, I have to say, I have like 40 hula hoops. But they yes. are all different sizes and um, different colors. Um, some are thick, some are thin. Um, it, you know, people talk about weighted hula hoops, but really it's not necessary. It just needs to, you need to be able to um, keep it spinning. So um, could you take a cheap store-bought grocery store-bought hula hoop as long as it was big enough for you and add like a bunch of fun colored duct tape would that be a way to get it a little heavier um usually they're not very big because you really want a hoop that uh if you stand it vertically on the floor it needs to come up to at least oh getting started your belly button um so 
I have been able to use smaller hoops around my waist. My smaller hoops are mainly for arm things. Um, and so when I started hula hooping, I just, you know, I was like, oh, this is fun. And then like, I decided, oh, let's see what happens if I hula hoop for an hour a day. Well, I was on a dragon boat team at the time. And one of my teammates was like, I have just seen your body transform over this past season because I was hula hooping. An hour is a little crazy, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just around my waist. I'm hula hooping. Uh, oh, gosh around my my arms above my head i will do squats while i hula hoop um and just lots of different movements it's dancing and we all know how desiree likes dancing <laughs> and hey, even uh, dork dancing is awesome yes um so if you have a hula hoop you can uh, pick it up and put it around you, and you're going to grab uh, each side. Um, Wait, no. First, put down the hula hoop because we're going to get the movement first. A lot of people assume that it's really small circles. It's not. It is a back and forth movement with your hips. So stand about uh, shoulder width apart and uh, just move your hips back and forth. Side to side or front to back? Uh, front to back. You can go side to side if that's more comfortable. Um, do you keep one foot more in front of the other or just keep your feet? I keep my feet same um, distance. About the same. There are different uh, exercise videos that I've seen where like one foot will be in front of the other, but spread apart. Um, no. But for simple hula hooping. What, what ends up being most comfortable for me is yes, feet. Uh, about shoulder shoulder width apart but i'll actually step forward like maybe half a step and then i can keep balance and it's comfortable and yeah all right so now we pick up our hoop we uh put it uh, around our body about uh oh waist level and uh just, you know, we, we might have some dropped hoops, but just swing your hoop. Uh, natural uh, waist level, not pants waist no, level. No, natural like, waist like level. around your stomach area and just kind of uh, swing it to one side and don't move and get the feel of the hoop around your body. Um one, you know, once you're comfortable with that, you're going to swing and uh, start moving your hips back and forth. And depending on uh, how fast you do it, 
the faster your hoop goes. And um, if you start with a hoop that is at your belly button or even bigger, uh, it's a slower rotation. And um, then the smaller you get, the faster the rotation. And I have, I can, I will hula hoop around my chest, my stomach, my waist, my knees. Um, it's it's a whole it's it's exercise. People are like, oh, that's easy. No, it's not. If you do it right, it's work. You know, once upon a time, I used to hook it around one ankle, swing it around, and then it kind of sort of acted like a jump rope. Oh, yeah, I've done I've used one of my hoops and just like used it as a jump rope. Like over, oh, like, yeah, yeah, over, over my head. head. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Do you guys know my granddaughters are showing me up here? <laughs> wow. I as it should be. This is the, I, I had the feeling I wouldn't be able to. And yeah, I'll keep trying, but I don't know. <laughs> and you might want to try the other way that you're trying because you can go either left or right. I, I can do both, but I prefer going counterclockwise. And I found that if you get uh, frustrated and you need a little bit of a break, if you do it around your arm or wrist, swinging it, swinging it, um, you know, vertically instead of horizontally, yeah, it's easier to get some success happening. Yes, and you kind of get the feel of how you should move other parts of your body if you can spin it around your hand. Maybe we should have told people to be, you know out in a big field so you don't damage anything when you're uh, and and some people think that it's around your arm whatever and no you hold it in between your thumb and your pointer finger uh and then bring all four fingers out and your thumb up so it's in one place and it's not gonna go up and down your arm if you when you start out you know 20 minutes a at a time is a good time limit um um i don't know i think some of us are pretty happy at five minutes till you know we actually can get a good swing well yeah you know but like because it's, it's exercise. You drop the thing, picking it up, try to do it, <laughs> it. It falls, pick it yes. up. Yeah. I think my legs are going to get bruised from it hitting me <laughs> whenever it falls. It keeps hitting the same spot on my leg. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, when you first start out, yes, you do get uh, bumps, bruises, um, <laughs> muscle pain. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just like any other workout. But gosh darn, is it good for your core? It is awesome for your core and it is okay, it's fun. Okay. 
Oh my goodness. So that's about uh, all I have, and I can take questions. So, Tyan, what got you into hula hooping? Well, so <laughs> I was <laughs> muted and just asked the same question. <laughs> oh, oh, so after my eight year old was born, we went to uh, my husband's mom's uh, company picnic and they had a hula hooping contest. Well, of course, I was like, no, I don't want to. And then afterwards, we were playing with them. I'm like, oh. I can totally do this. And so I ended up taking one home and messing around with it in the living room and started to move around and dance. I'm like, I bet I could do more than this. And I looked on YouTube and sure enough, yep, there's so many different tricks you can do. And um, so it was something that I could lose the baby weight and uh plus more and um it was fun like i just slap on my headphones and uh go outside in my driveway luckily uh i'm tucked back in the corner uh so uh, yeah i don't have to worry about people like driving by and watching me and i just will move around and uh i've taken it with me to dragon boat races and people like oh there's room right here and i'm going no i need more room than like like three or four feet so tyan do you run multiple hula hoops at the same time i have done that i i can do two successfully both around my waist and then one around my waist and one spinning on my hand over my head i can do two on well one on each hand on each side well it sounds like you need a little bit more practicing if you're going to be a part of Cirque du Soleil (laughs) yeah no You know, Cirque du Soleil has had hula hooping um, 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 bits, sections in their act for years. And so they'll have somebody that that has, you know, not just one, but like from their ankles all the way up to their neck is just like hula hoop stacked upon hula hoop and they're going. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And they have their body undulating in such a way that it looks like a giant snake. It's really kind of cool. Yes. So, so you need more practice. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, uh, once my uh, ear and ankle are uh, feeling up to it, I will get back to it. So, what's your favorite hula hoop? Oh, besides my LED hoop, um. I have one that I specifically uh, bought that um, is taped and it's all sparkly. Um, sparkly, sparkly. Yes. Um, and that uh, breaks up into six different sections so I can take it places. Um, oh, that's handy. 
oh yeah when I went to guide dog school that's the one that I took and uh, the instructor comes in my room because I um I needed something and then or he needed to do something and I uh <laughs> so my hula hoop was assembled and um leaning up against the wall and he's like how did you bring the hula hoop <laughs> to class very carefully <laughs> now I haven't so, seen one that um breaks apart or folds up um can you describe that so they're like um uh they've got a rivet and then they've got um a push button and um the place that i get my hula hoops from they come coiled and unfastened so i have to uh uncoil it and let it sit for about 12 hours and then i'll uh hook it together with the push button and um and then then i will uh i will not use those for travel because i actually ruined the hoop that way um because yeah so that's why i have all these different hoops i have quite a few the, of them that uh, break into four pieces wow sounds like it'll fit in a suitcase nicely then yes the ones i ordered have like um eight pieces and they all snap together <clears throat> like you said with that little button to release them yeah. and one of the things i i read said you know you could make it smaller yep or larger yeah um well, the trick is handy. mine is uh Four of my pieces are purple and four are white. So I guess I'd have to label it if I want to make sure it's alternating or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just say stick a piece of tape on the ones that are white or purple and then you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Duct tape for the win. So <laughs> one day I went over to the park near me and I had my headphones and I'm hula hooping and it goes flying out of my hand so i'm sitting there <laughs> trying trying my darn hardest to find this thing this guy comes up and uh he's like here it is are you blind uh, actually yes <laughs> so so maybe we should put a chain on him you know one of those you know have some you know we get all tangled up in the string too right no no just oh. put a beeper on it Put a beeper. Yeah, they make those stupid thinking. beepers. One of those locator tag things, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There we go. How to locate the hula hoop. <laughs> well, you know, if you're in the middle of hula hooping um, and you push the little thing to make it go off, I bet it would make a pretty interesting 3D kind of a sound yeah. while you're hula hooping. So has anyone out there in our um, audience done a lot of hula hooping in your life if you'd like to raise your hand and share that would be great i will say um i have trouble moving because i've had both hips replaced so it's kind of tricky to get that motion down <laughs> it doesn't want to work like a regular hip <laughs> hey tan hey desiree hey everybody else hey, um, hey. I, hey 
Um, I haven't done tons of hula hooping, but when I was camp director for YMCA, um, I made sure we had hula hoops and we had sparkly ones. And I found that the, um, they, there were different ones that we had because I bought them from an exercise company. And then I found, I bought some from the store, like the, the stores where you could buy them. I, I didn't know that they broke apart and you can order them. So like hearing you say that was really cool. But um yeah, so we had hula hoops, but they were just the easier ones. So this has been very interesting to hear about all the different kinds of hula hoops because I just thought they had the cheap ones and they weren't the weighted ones. Um, and I just had them for the kids to play with. And we had hula hoop races and stuff. I, I, I wanted to ask you one thing, um, you and all your hula hoop knowledge. Did you know, here's a fun fact about hula hoops, Diane. Um, golfers when you're first golfing like Pebble Beach went to Pebble Beach and we took a golfing class they taught us how to golf you you learn how to swing in a hula hoop oh so they hang a hula hoop and it's kind of like a rangy thing and you stand in it and you have to have your club in there and if you don't swing the right way the hula hoop will fall down so you have to learn how to swing your golf club in the hula hoop to swing the proper way. Did you know that? I did not Did know anyone that. know that? Did, did anyone know that besides me? No, that, that's very interesting though. <laughs> the, the most unusual thing I saw with hula hoops was a couple of years ago at a company picnic, they set up like a, a large tic-tac toe set outside and they use nine hula hoops for the spaces where you put your X's and O's. Oh. Yeah. I did that too with balls. Like we, so the kids had different, when I could see the kids had different colored balls and they had it or bean bags and you could make tic-tac toes that way. Yeah. It's a fun activity. So, um, so Tayan, where can we get these, uh, these break apart hula hoops for travel? So um, there is, they are on Amazon, but the site that I go through is actually local to Oregon. Um, they're, they're in Bend, Oregon. Um, and they're, they're the spinsters with a Z. And that's, yeah, I pay $25 a month and get a new hula hoop. <gasps> There's a hula hoop of the month club. Yes, that's I exciting. Did say she has a hula hoop subscription. Oh, I missed that part. That's awesome, though. Okay, thanks. Yep. Go. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Ah! Um, Doug. Oh, don't get so don't get too excited. Uh, I may make some enemies when, once I ask this question. <laughs> um, some of us are built a little bit more sturdier or on the plus side of things, I guess you could say. And I'm thinking of myself. And so, what I'm wondering is, does the the uh, rule for the, uh, and some of us have short legs, Do, does the rule for buying a hula hoop stay about the same for those of us that are built short and wide? And that's the first part. And the second one is, is there anything that uh, those of us, you know, with bigger tummies have to do a little bit 
differently for hula hooping? Um, that would be my question. So they come in, uh, they're measured by diameter. And so the largest one that I have gotten that is actually in Desiree's possession is 38 inch diameter. So that means from the floor up. And uh, I will let Desiree answer. Um, so yeah, I found there's a little bit of adjustment being a plus size lady. Um, I end up uh, hooping a little bit higher than my natural waistline because, well, COVID grew a belly. Um, and, you know, it's just a little bit of an adjustment. Um, you know, it's not, it's not bad. It's not bad's not the right word i mean you know i I found a workaround uh for it so that that's what i can say and yes if you are a fluffy person then yes you're going to want to get something bigger than your taller than your belly button okay that makes sense and I was thinking also you know that the hula hoop would then kind of naturally want to ride up you know yeah, a little, a little bit higher bit. up on the rib cage. Yep. But it's nothing that, you know, is impossible. And if you can't do it around your waist yet, you can start at your arms, figure it out and, you know, keep keep trying for, you know, a few minutes a day because bending down to get that hula hoop is exercise. Good point. That's part of the get up and get moving campaign. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you, everyone get back to hula hooping. And, and I would say like, Tyanne, you mentioned that, you know, your body went through a transformation. So, you know, if we were to get dedicated and do this every day, you know, that's going to happen. And then maybe we're not so fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fluffy. <laughs> Great comedian. <laughs> Mm. Well, the thing that went through my my head is is that one scene from um, Despicable Me where it's a little girl and she's just like, "It's so fluffy, I'm gonna die." <laughs> but yes, um, the fluffy comedian is is pretty funny. Yeah. Are there any other raised hands? Not that I see currently. Okay, so. So Desiree, what got you into doing some hula hooping? Tyan, it's all her fault. <laughs> <laughs> all her fault. <laughs> well, when I was a kid, I used to hula hoop and like I was doing all the tricks and yeah, I was super into it and got very good at it. And then I grew up and discovered, discovered other hobbies and it didn't even occur to me to take it up until Tyan and she's like, hey. You could do a thing, and I'm like, I can do a thing, really? Okay, well, let's let's try. And um, so I tried, and I'm continuing to try. Notice the word "try." I'm not as good at it as as it was when I was a kid. <laughs> well, but, it, and and it does look like a form of dancing. Oh, it totally so seems, does. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you just keep practicing, and then it's just new dance moves, right? 
Seriously. <laughs> Alan doesn't want me to embarrass myself. Uh, uh, so I, I, can't, I cannot walk up and down my uh, L driveway. Oh, and uh, walk in hula hoop at the same time. Do it anyway. <laughs> say, say, I can't see them. It's okay. They can't see me. I can't see them. They can't see me. It's okay. You, you <laughs> might bring a smile to somebody's face. You might um, encourage them to, you know, look at an alternative exercise method. You never know. Yeah. You know, and, and it might be that older person that goes, sits there and goes, Wow. I had a lot of fun as a kid. So see, it just might be that wonderful memory trigger for somebody. Exactly. Hey, exactly. Greg, Mr. Wansnyder. Say that three times, see how fast it goes. <laughs> His hand is up. Hello, everybody. Hello, it's good to, Triple G. Good to, uh, good to be here and good to hear from you guys about hula hooping. And um, I also um, am slash was more than I was. Um, than I am now, um, slightly more gravitationally impaired. Um, and, um, but, um, I've had children at my church try to explain to me how to hula hoop. And, um, as a blind person, um, especially a blind person with fine motor skills, I just find it, uh, more difficult. Um, and I, uh, just wonder if you have any, uh, any hints for, um, blind people who might have fine motor issues um, for, um, for doing that better. Because I know hula hooping is a lot in the, it's a lot in the waist, but it's also kind of like you have to balance the hoop somehow. Right. And um, so, so yeah. Um, yeah. So I just wonder what your thoughts would be. So uh, actually, you're not having to balance the hoop, the rotation of your hoop around your body that's going back and forth um, keeps it up. And if you say uh, move only your hips, then it'll go down to your hips and you can move it up and down your body. Um, so you you've got to be able to let's see you feel the hoop um and um so your your body has to be touching the hoop so like if it's if uh the hoop is if you start with it out in front of you and behind your back you'll when you spin it you'll uh move forward and uh then it'll be on your stomach and then um you just go back and forth and um okay you know how you'll have liquid in a glass and you know that that glass is pretty tall yes and yes. you kind of start you know like spinning it it's like that kind of motion but you're going to do it at your waist and that's what keeps it up it's that centrifugal force so okay there's not okay. at all balancing but it, it's going to be a similar motion to that how you don't actually swirl your hand to get the liquid to swirl in the middle of the glass you're kind of you know moving your hand slightly back and forth to get it to go around yeah and this is one thing where like i'm glad you guys are explaining this to me 
because when my sighted, like I tried to do this with my fourth and fifth graders at church, we actually have hooping contests um, during um, the church service. And um, they, um, you know, they try to explain, uh, explain to me what to do. And, uh, and I, you know, this is just so great that you're explaining it to me in this way, because especially sighted kids may not necessarily know how to tell a person who's blind, you know, to do it. So, I mean, they, they are pretty darn good at telling sure. me a lot of things, oh, yeah. but you know, so, so thank you. I would say okay. try experimenting, you know, next time you're at church with your kids, like sticking it on your arm and getting it to swing around that way. So you can get a sense of, you know, the motion. Okay. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Try that. That's good. Okay. Thank you. And it's been an honor as always to be a part of this convention. So thank Aww. you. This is, Thanks. this is, this is uh, my favorite convention. So, okay. Thanks. Let's see what else can I say? Uh, so I have a uh, bag that is supposed to hold a dozen standard size hula hoops. Uh, I think I have, I think I have about uh, 30 hoops in there just because some of so them are smaller. You can actually get a bag specifically for loops. Yes. Wow. And you can get uh, bags specifically for the travel hula hoops too. Ooh. I wonder who makes them. Do they have the spinsters? Yes. Oh, sweet. So ha have you ever seen hula hoop competitions? I have not. I had a just a quick thought. I didn't know if it would work or not. Um, for uh, those that are totally blind or, you know, really get into sound, I wonder if it would be possible to attach something small to the hula hoops or whatever so that uh, you could get them to make a, a sound as they're going around you or would that change the dynamics too much of the um of the hoop weight as it would be going around um it depends on what you would put in there like um like lightweight like plastic beads might work i used to put bells on mine long ago when i was a kid like literally just you know um a couple of bells tied on with a piece of string and you know when i was a kid so cool but but these days we have technology so you know if we if we stuck we, we could you know stick something on there that made a little bit different noise like i don't know i think it'd be kind of fun yet creepily weird if you had darth vader breathing <laughs> <laughs> on your hula hoop as you're going around so i've learned that if i hula hoop when it's dark i use my led one because uh when i first started Light i show. don't know how many times i ended up dropping my hoop out of my hand so it's flo flown somewhere and i can't find it tan are there hula hoops that do have a, a sound feature already um 
not that I know of, except for like the kid ones. Hmm. Sounds like we need to get an engineer involved and make this happen. Yes. Do your girls hula hoop? Um. So Lois, my eight-year-old, totally hula hoops now. Um. Arya, well, she'll play around with it, but she uh, and she doesn't hula hoop yet. Not her thing yet. No. But she's so active. I know. I probably will have to take some time and be like, hey, you should try this now that you're five and in kindergarten. And um, unless she wants to run around the uh, island. Um, she she does run around the, the island, which is now bigger. It's not just the island. The dining room table is right next to it. I wonder if she would be more interested in um, not just like hula hooping, but I know I would um, use my hoop when I was younger. I would... Um, kind of throw it out in front of me with a backspin so it would roll towards me and then catch it. Oh, yes, either, I loved doing that. Either with my hand or as it was rolling by, I'd catch it with my arm and start spinning it. I wonder if that would work for her versus, you know, trying to go around because she can see. So, yeah. You know, I am wondering if if people in the audience have other things that you might have done as a kid that might make a fun thing of exercise. So, you know, when I was, I don't remember what age I was, I got one of those, you know, it spin around your ankle and you jump with the other foot. Skip oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, skip it. So I recently bought those for my granddaughter because, you know, I thought, oh, those were kind of fun. And so I wonder if other people out there have things that they used to, you know, do as a kid that might be a great form of exercise. Anybody rushing to find that raised hand button? Um, <laughs> I'm not that. seeing any hands, unfortunately. You know, you know, I could go back to the games we play as kids, like, you know, um, tag or frozen statue or you know Red those other... oh yeah oh, we do oh, have a hand dangerous... now okay uh, cool neural 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 i will say red rover red rover is dangerous if you play with my cousin one time he clasped <laughs> my hand so tight and we both <laughs> fell on my brother who was younger and um he broke it. we cracked his collarbone so oh jeez <laughs> yeah, but some of those quote quote dangerous games are like way more fun than what they give to kids now it's like oh yeah <laughs> that's true uh, hey guys can you hear me yeah uh -huh. hey Meryl. Uh, hey. well one thing i'm still part of which uh well the season's over now but I'm part of a rowing league, and it's like a blind rowing league where uh, we basically row in a boat. You know, it's, it's a good exercise, and it's fun. Yeah, Tyann yep. does something similar called dragon boating, and not all cities have it. Yeah, I, I, we, we have dragon boat here, too, but rowing is a little different. But it's fun. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, you know what I discovered they have? 
my, I think last year that blind hockey exists. That is blind crazy. hockey. How would you? Oh man, I yes. still want to experience oh, that. Yeah, me too. Gold ball was gold ball was enough. I think you know, sliding on the floor trying to get yeah. that ball. <laughs> I never had the like football pants. You know, most people playing gold ball, they'll be like have the hip pads and everything. No, oh, I never one. had those. Oh, <laughs> yours are built floor. in. <laughs> well, they are now. They weren't so much back then. <laughs> Well, a lot less padding back then. <laughs> mm. Ain't that the but, truth? But yeah, rowing is a great all full body form of exercise. Like who hooking? Yeah, it definitely. Is. Awesome. And uh, playing tug of war with your guide dog could be counted as exercise, depending on how oh, big your dog is. Throwing that's true. your dog's ball in the fetch because again it's the whole up and down and up and down yep. <laughs> i have a flight of 15 stairs in my uh house and if i'm downstairs and need to use the bathroom i will walk upstairs let's see there's another good plan i guess i should be walking to the back bathroom instead of the front bathroom there you go. Yeah. <laughs> go to the back door when you get home, not the front. Hmm. We can get pretty creative. Oh, yeah. Dude. So we do have about 15 minutes left before our next scheduled event is going to be unpack that goodie bag. Or maybe it's unbag that goodie bag. So, hey, Desiree and Tyan, you guys are our co-chairs for our fun squad. So mm -hmm. do you guys want to mm -hmm. kind of talk about what people can be expecting later today and tomorrow? Sure. I'll put my handy dandy schedule. <laughs> handy dandy schedule. <laughs> so let's see. At uh, the 345... We will have, um, right after Unpack That Goodie Bag, uh, ACB of Oregon uh, history game with Pat Schwab at 4 p.m. is our well, wonderful... Well, hang on. People are going to want to do that history game oh, and they're yes. going to want to turn it, tune in every time we have it, because if you don't, you might miss a fact, which could lose you $200 gift card. So you totally want to make sure you're on time for that, y'all. Yeah. And you know, never know when we randomly include extra stuff. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at 4 p.m. is our wonderful board meeting. Yeah, so if you want to know what's going on, I guess you guys, you know, get tired of me talking, so I should shut up right now because... <laughs> 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 but a nice reward from coming to the board meeting will be the next session. Um, well, at 6 o'clock, we have the Blind History Lady. Yeah, and that's with uh, Peggy Chong. I'm pretty excited. I... I've heard her a couple times on some of the ACB community calls and some other things. And I reached out to her. I was like, hey, do you know any stories about blind people in Oregon history? And so, you know, I'm pretty excited. If, if you guys haven't uh, listened to her 
talk about, you know, the storytelling is so cool to listen to. So she has some great stories. So I'm really looking forward to that one. And then at seven o'clock is wine tasting. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> With Hobie and, Whittler. Yeah. Did everybody get their wine? That's the question. It was only a penny shipping. And uh, I, I find him really fascinating. And, um, you know, I'm sure he'll talk about it later. But, you know, he, he started setting up these uh, wine tasting for sighted people, blind wine tasting for sighted people, where they blindfold sighted people. So. I, I haven't gotten to hear his uh, wine tasting spiel yet. It, I watched it. He did a TED Talk. Bonafide uh, TED Talk. It was nice. amazing. Or like, oh, he pays attention to the taste, <laughs> and the smells. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. And then after that, we have another ACB of Oregon history. And then... We will go to our regular ACB of Oregon Zoom room for an after party. Yay. Yeah, so that'll be a separate link afterwards for the after party, and that'll just be an open forum chat. And um, so when you guys, you know, listen to the goodie bag, unpack that goodie bag. If you have questions later, you know, you can always pop into that room and say, hey, what was this weird looking thing? (laughs) Dude. So lot, lots of exciting things the rest of today. Well, I don't know. Exciting things with a board meeting. I know. I know. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, so much enthusiasm. So tomorrow we will have, it starts at 9 a.m. Pacific. Nice, bright and early. Um, we will convene our convention. We have one of our local people, Julia. She will sing our national anthem. And then we get the Pledge of Allegiance by Abby, Cassie's daughter. I think that's pretty freaking kind of cool. Um, and, and I think, um, actually, Desiree, I think we're going to do that during the board meeting also. Sweet. Awesome. So, yeah. So, you know, nice. And, so that's always fun listening to that little little voice. And actually, she's been pretty excited she's because she's going to laugh. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I know she's been pretty excited. She's going to be helping with our door prizes too over the weekend. So that's pretty cool. Sweet. And then just before 10 a.m., we've got some more ACB of Oregon history game with uh, Mr. Pat Schwab. Uh, at 10 a.m., we'll have Oregon Commission for the Blind talk, followed by the Oregon State Library. And uh, 10.40-ish, we'll have announcements. And I believe your first chance to do door prizes, y'all. So if you want to win stuff, yeah, you want to stick around for that. But but I will say, you know, they may randomly be pulled maybe later today. You know, we don't have to Uh-oh. put everything on the schedule. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. You um, never know. No, you don't. Um, if you guys aren't aware, um, at 11 a.m. Hull Foundation, now I know both you, Tyann and Carrie, do a bit for Hull Foundation. So you want to let people know what they are, what they do? Uh, actually, I was kind of wondering if Jean Marie um, is still on the line, if she's still on here, if you want to raise your hand, Jean Marie, because she's our 
um, rep on the whole Foundation Learning Center board, and she's actually the chairperson of their board of directors. Uh oh. Yeah. So she's a she's, mover and shaker. That's for dang sure. Yeah. She yes. is she in the audience. Hmm, I do see like her it. in the audience, but oh. I don't know that she's raising her hand. Okay. He's not. Okay. So the whole Foundation and Learning Center is a great um, resource, especially in Oregon. If you live up near Sandy, they have acreage that was donated um, years ago. And it's they actually have a retreat center. And it's a wonderful facility out there. And they've done camps and retreats for several years. In fact, this coming week, they're doing a monster mash few days. Um, and so they also rent out their facilities for non-sight-impaired events to, so that they can continue with their mission. So in addition to some of the in-the-park things they do, um, they also do some Zoom workshops every week. And they usually have four to six of them a week on all sorts of topics. Sometimes they're just group chats, like how to deal with your sight loss. And usually there's a tech one each week. Um, our own um, Michael Babcock that's on our board and Marty Sobo is one of our, um, he's, they're both on our website team. They both do a lot of sessions tech related and some and oh Teresa Christian's one of our newer sight loss instructors and so we do workshops so like this next Thursday for example it's a a group chat of favorite Halloween memories um, they also have a book club every other week they'll read a book and discuss it so there's a lot of great um, resources that way they also have the site loss instructors, they'll get referrals, or if somebody's having issues, they can contact Whole Park to get help. And, you know, what we call people guests, and we'll just kind of do some like peer support stuff. And, you know, maybe we talk them through and help them sign up for the talking books. You know, maybe we talk about, hey, how are you going to mark your microwave now that you can't see it? Or, um, <clears throat> you know, just kind of helping you go through this maze of, okay, great. Now I can't see very well. How am I going to function? <laughs> so, so I'm really excited to hear Carrot's um, information. She's going to share tomorrow about it all. So yeah, pretty cool organization. I first went out there in 1989 and it's pretty cool. I can so. tell you, they do a heck of a lot more cool stuff. Um, been doing a heck of a lot more cool stuff in the last, I don't know, two years than I've ever seen them do before. So I'm actually excited by them. Nice. I got to jump out of a plane with them. Woot woot. I, actually, I this next summer, I think one of their retreats is the same week as my birthday. And Ooh. I decided that every year in my fifties, I wanted to do something wild and crazy. And so well, last you know, year you went whitewater rafting, right? I did for my 50th. This last, this last summer, because of COVID lack of transportation, I went camping with my granddaughters. So they just turned nine and I trusted them to get me back to the dock with paddle boating. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun too. So, um, so, yeah, so I'm looking forward to hopefully this next summer I'll get to go for a week because they do rock climbing and, um, like oh, you said, jumping out of a plane and, and uh, all kinds of cool stuff. 
So later that uh, morning, we've got a uh, roll we'll here from the fundraising committee, more history of Oregon announcements, more door prizes. And then at noon, we break for lunch and we will be airing interviews from our board members. They were so popular from last year. We're going to do it again. We're going to have after lunch ends at one and we'll have more history and door prizes. Then we've got the get up and get moving campaign, a national update. And that's kind of awesome. Followed by a lesson in smart speakers, not just the Lady A, but several different ones out there on the market, because not everybody has a Lady A. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard the Penny Forward podcast, but um, Chris Peterson will be coming and speaking about that. At 4.30 on Saturday, we have a discussion a roundtable discussion that I um, helped uh, put together and, and pre-recorded with a bunch of people called Elephant in the Dark, a general, a generational roundtable. Um, that, that'll be that. That was a very interesting conversation. I'll just leave it at that. Um, let's see. Then we've got reading of nominations and uh, proposed bylaw changes, more announcements and door prizes. And at six, we get to hear Dr. Hobie, Hobie Webler speak. That is going to be our banquet keynote speaker. Um, 7 p.m., we will hear our very own Cassie Trosper uh, speak about her scholarship. She is, she is the ACBO of Oregon's scholarship winner this year. Uh, followed up with more history from Pat Schwab. And then a very most exciting after party, kind of like we're going to have later tonight in ACBO's own Zoom room, not the webinar, which you guys are listening to now. So that's what's up on Saturday. Great. Time. Thanks. And um, so Sunday, we just have like two minutes till the top of the hour. So Sunday, we're going to have our general membership meeting. And if you are a registered member of ACB of Oregon and did not get a link to the webinar to join, um, please reach out and let somebody know because you will be able to do some voting. We do have uh, several offices. And so there'll be some voting Sunday morning. And then we're going to. Yeah, um, yeah, but the exciting, let's get to the exciting thing, 2 p.m. I mean, I really. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> Our first ever auction. We have some great stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. So, yep, yep, yep. Great stuff. And we're going to have um, Michael Babcock will be our first auctioneer. And about halfway through, Dan Spoon, Mr. President himself will be joining in and playing auctioneer. So, so there's some great prizes in there. There's, there's like some seafood. There's some self-care baskets. Let's see what else is there? Some My boozy fruitcake. Oh, yeah. Desiree's boozy fruitcake. I know. I should, oh, uh, you know. I know there's at least one gluten-free member out there. There is some gluten-free brownies, homemade gluten-free brownies. Up yeah. So, yeah. Some great from computer. Oh, yeah. Computer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
computer. Yep. Mm -hmm. Great, great stuff. So, all right. Well, it is 3.30 and that means according to our schedule, it is time to unbag that goodie bag. So hopefully everybody has their goodie bags in hand. So it hasn't find opened them, Desiree. What, 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 Cassie? I said it hasn't opened them, Desiree. <laughs> <laughs> so Cassie, do you want to, Cassie, do you want to say a few things before we play the recording of you unpacking the goodie bag? Um, we can. I know I have heard from a lot of people that they have received their goodie bag. Um, I have heard from some that they have not received their goodie bag. So do not fret. It is on the way, hopefully, USPS. So if you have not received your bag yet, don't freak out. Um, it will hopefully be there in the next couple days. But if you guys haven't received it in like a week or so, reach out. They aren't tracked. Just don't wait until next convention to let us know that you haven't received your goodie bag. So other than wow. that, let's uh, let's get to unbagging that goodie bag. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 67th annual ACBO convention. I would also like to welcome you to the goodie bag portion of convention. This is where I am going to help you unbag your goodie bag if you haven't already unbagged your goodie bag. My name is Cassie Trosper, and I am the current interim secretary for ACB of Oregon. And I will just jump right into the unbagging of the goodie bag. So if you got your goodie bag, it is in a stringed backpack. There are a bunch of different colors that it comes in. I did not pick and choose colors for people. So if you just happen to get your favorite color, you're welcome. If not, so sorry. So if you open your goodie bag, probably the first thing you're going to run into is this big, it's about the size of a piece of computer paper. It's got these extra long rectangles in it, and it is a full-page writing guide. This was one of the donations from the Oregon Commission for the Blind. It does have, it, it does have the capabilities to fit over a full piece of paper, um, and it, the little spaces are where you would write in the lines or whatever you decide to write. Our next item you're probably going to run into is a water bottle. And if you shake it, there's some stuff in there. So the bottle itself was donated from the Coos County Emergency Management Office. And the bottle says Coos County Sheriff Department. So that was awesome of them to do this donation for us. So if you open your bottle, I set this up. Most of us that live in the Pacific Northwest and the West, we have what's called a go bag. So I set this up as a go bottle. So you have your water bottle, and if you start emptying some stuff out of there, probably the first thing that's going to fall out is a hand sanitizer. So this is on a carabiner, as um, our president likes to call it. I call it a D-ring, and it also has one of the spray tops. And if you feel the one side, there is a label on there. So I had a friend of mine make labels that say 67th Annual ACB of Oregon Convention. It's got our date, which is October 22nd through 24th. And it has our theme, which is thriving past, present, and beyond. That's pretty cool. We can all use a good sanitizer um, nowadays with uh, the craziness of COVID. So 
The next two things that fall out are two little things. Yours are going to be in a package. I have not taken mine out of the package either. So you're going to have a safety whistle. And then you're going to have the little rectangular flat thing that's got the key ring thing on it is a key ring flashlight. So both these are good if you're out and about, if there's an emergency, or you just feel safer with a whistle. Just in case, the flashlight works really good. Um, Abby actually tested one of them out, so they work pretty fantastic. And the last thing is two little bitty, it is not candy. Please don't try to eat them. <laughs> they are stapled together. They are expandable washcloths. And they do literally feel like two little pieces of candy. They're round like little peppermint. But if you put them in some water, they're going to expand to a full-size washcloth. So those are pretty cool items. So that is our Go Bottle. I'm going to set that to the side. Next thing you're going to find in your goodie bag is, I'm going to go ahead and pull this one out. There's a couple of things you can pull out, but there is a rectangular-ish zippy bag. And in your zippy bag, you are going to find a couple of writing guides, more writing guides. So you are going to have a envelope writing guide. So if you hold it, you're going to have some shorter lines on the top left. And you are going to have your longer lines on the bottom right, which helps you address an envelope. It'll address envelopes. I print all my envelope labels off. So but it's still helpful to have that just in case you need to address a quick envelope. The second one is going to be a smaller rectangular-ish writing guide. And this is a check writing guide. So it just, it lines up just nicely on your checks. I don't write checks very often, but these are very nice to have. So that way you know where your lines are, your spaces are, where you're addressing it, putting your date, your amount, all that kind of good stuff. And your third writing guide, which I think most of us have these, are a signature card. So it's the size of a business card, and it's got the rectangular middle open so you have someone put it over where you sign that way you know where you're signing at and you don't have to have someone guide your hand or whatever your options may be for filling things out so these are also with the full page writing guide that were donated from the Oregon Commission for the Blind so that is that the next thing you're going to find is this really big long rectangular-ish box. It does have the capabilities. I have not figured out how to open these yet. I'm so sorry. Um, I have not used one of these, but it is a pill box. It's a weekly pill box. It's a Sunday through Saturday. It does have Braille on it. Um, And it's just a really big pill box that you can use for travel or at home Whatever you decide, you can even use it for, like, if you're traveling, you want to separate your jewelry or or something. It is totally big enough for that. And this was also donated by the Oregon Commission for the Blind. So probably the next thing you'll run into is this little rolled up. It's a slap bracelet. So if you pull it out all the way, um, there is going to be a little tab in there that you pull out and then... It lights up. So this is kind of like the, I think it's the exact same slap brace that we had in our goodie bags last year. So it has the constant on button, I believe, a slow beep and a fast bleep. So I think it has the SOS beep or, or what that might be called. And so 
you can put that on you, or you can put it on if you have a guide dog, guide dog harness. You can put it on a backpack. So it's just another one of those identifying markers um, that can be used if you're walking when there's low light. The next thing you might find, there is a little bitty zippy bag, like a little bitty cute zippy bag. Set that to the side for now, because this is going to make a lot more sense once I'm actually done with the goodie bag. So that's got some things in there that's going to make a lot more sense. There is a ball in here. So this is a stress ball. It is galaxy themed. I think it goes with our beyond portion of our theme. And I had someone tell me that uh, I should put two stress balls in here because usually if we're using a stress ball, somebody's getting on our nerves. So we need one for ourselves and another to throw at somebody. No, I'm not promoting violence, but I thought that was a little funny. So, so yeah, so this is a galaxy themed stress ball. This was donated to us on behalf of Abby, my little person. She's a junior member of our Southwestern chapter and she, she thought everybody needed a stress ball. So you can, you can thank Miss Abby for your stress ball and helping you relieve some of your stress. All right. So the next thing you're going to find, and I knew this is going to be an exciting option for people. If you got our goodie bag last year, you got a fidget spinner. Um, so I think your guys's are still going to be in the package. I put mine out because Abby had to try it just to make sure it works good. So this is a fidget spinner. Uh, it has the three little arms, but you're also going to fill these little puppet, like little puppet bubbles on it. So this is a fidget spinner and a puppet in one. So if you don't want to spin it, you can sit there and pop the bubbles back and forth. Um, and Abby has already claimed the one in my goodie bag. So when I get done with this, um, that one, this one will be making its way into her possession. So I don't get a fidget. She's got like 12 of them. So next we have, we have two, two more, three more things in our goodie bag. So the bigger of the three, this is the same first aid kit that we had in our goodie bags last year. Uh, mine is not open. Um, I wanted to leave mine closed just so I could make sure I'm nothing got lost or came out of it. Um, but it has the bigger and little safety pen. It has your ointments. Um, it does have a little razor blade in there. So if you do have to use it, it is in like a little sheath. Um, so it's not just a random razor blade that's um, that's down in there. But just be aware of that. Um, if you're kind of going through it and you feel like this little thing in a little paper, it is a razor blade. Um, but there's band-aids. Um, and all kinds of other little goodies in there. I'm not going to open that just for see. All right. Our last two things. The bigger one, it's in the little wrapper, is a pack of gum that was donated by the Coos Bay Walmart. The only thing in your goodie bag that is edible. It's And if you smell it, well, it did have kind of a mint flavor. I think they've been in the goodie bags for so long you can't smell the mint smell anymore, but... Once you open that, it's got the, the gum in there, and you can have fun with that and enjoy that. Maybe during convention or if you're bored, you can chew some gum and play with your fidget. I don't know. The last thing, and then we'll get back to that other little little zippy bag thing, so make sure you have your little zippy bag handy. This thing is the size of a credit card, and it's hard. Um, if you take it out, be careful. One of the sides are a little sharp. I don't know if it would really, it helps kind of, but this is a credit card multi-tool. So you've got different options for like opening bottles, 
Um, you can pop pop bottles one way. You can open little round bottles. I have not used this, so this is something that Carrie bought. Um, but it is a, a little a, a great option for being able to just help open different things and do things. And I keep the little. I did go through and switch all of those around, so you aren't going to hit the the pokey part. Hopefully, not hurt yourself and stuff like that. So, so that is good to keep in um, in there and. All right, so that is everything in the goodie bag. So if you find your little zippy bag, it'll be about, if you set, hold it sideways, it's a little smaller than a, a business card size, kind of like a rectangular-ish. So in here, there are four things. So the first thing is a rectangular-shaped paper, and it's got like a little round disc in it. That is a extra battery for your slap bracelet. So I know last year they were in the bottom and we're like, what the heck are these? So I left them in their paper just so they're easier to find. And then I put them in this little zippy bag. So that is a extra extra battery for your slap bracelet. So this other, um, it's kind of like a, a cylinder shape. Um, it has a pop top. So if you can hear that, it pops. Um, this is another option for your hand sanitizer. So if you would prefer not to have the spray nozzle for your sanitizer, you can unscrew this one and you can put your your pop top on there. So you don't have to have the spray. That gives you a second option um, for your hand sanitizer. All right, two more things in here. All right. So you're going to find this big ring. Um, it is a key ring. This goes with your credit card size multi-tool. So if you want to keep it on your keychain or if you want to put it on a backpack, if you have a workspace that you want to hang it up somewhere, this there's a little hole in one of the corners of the credit card multi-tool thing, and it will slide right in there, and then you have the key ring option. And the last thing is an extra Carabiner. I do like saying that word. Carrie introduced me to that word because I did not know that was another word for a D-ring. We used a lot of these when I was in the Army. Um, it just helps hook things to things. Like if you have a guide dog, you can hook something to the harness. Um, you can hook something to a backpack, hook your cane to your purse. That's what I do. Um, I have one of these on my cane. So when I do need to fold it up, hook it onto my purse, or I can hook it onto a backpack. That way I don't have to worry about sitting, sitting it down. And forgetting about it because, yes, I'm still learning McCain. And, yes, I have left it sitting a couple of places. And then when I'm bumping into things, I go, so that is everything in our goodie bag. Um, hopefully, all of you guys have received your goodie bag. Um, maybe if you haven't received it just yet, I would give it some time. If it hasn't came in within a, a reasonable amount of time and you did pay your membership, not membership, your registration fee, before October 5th for convention, let please let us know that you did not receive your goodie bag within a reasonable amount of time. Don't wait until next year's convention to let us know you didn't get your goodie bag. Um, but we will try to get you a goodie bag if you, you paid your registration and you still haven't gotten your goodie bag within, I would say, like a week or two of convention. Um, also, if you have any questions, I will be in the ACBO Zoom after hours group tonight, and I would be happy to answer any questions you might have about your goodie bag, 
need help with anything, if you need clarification, I will be there and I will be happy to help. So once again, thank you for joining us for your Unbag Your Goodie Bag. Thanks, Cassie. That was pretty cool. <laughs> so I just lost my uh, my washcloths because, you know, I have twin granddaughters here. And I only had one fidget spinner. So I guess grandma has to go online and order some now. <laughs> well, you know, Carrie, there's always those auction items that have some. Extra- I know. And unfortunately, um, I'm not able to attend our auction for those in the audience that, you know, do not know this. My, I lost my father a couple weeks ago and his memorial happens to be Sunday at two. So I, Glad that we have a great auction team with ACB of Oregon, and I know they'll do a great job. And but unfortunately, I don't get a bid on anything. So, <laughs> so thanks so much for that. And now it's time for me to turn it over to Pat Schwab to talk about the ACBO of History game. Okay, can you hear me? We can. Thanks, Pat. Excellent. So, good afternoon, and my name is uh, Patrick Schwab that I've been involved with ACBFO since 1970. Uh, that's over 50 years. I know that makes me old, really old. The, that I, Actually, I married into this whole, whole relationship with ACB, that my wife, Sue, the treasurer, uh, is the, the daughter of uh, Bob and Bev Rushing, you know, who was very longtime original uh, owner, uh, founders of uh, of the uh, organization. I want to give you a little bit of my background so that you can determine if I'm qualified to run this little history game that we're going to do. Sue and I I, uh, both uh, met when we worked at the uh, Rhinelander restaurant in 1968. At that time, we were both in high school. Uh, As we turned 19, we, uh, we got married and I attended Portland State University, earned a degree in history teaching credential in secondary education and social science, and a license uh, to teach the uh, uh, blind and visually impaired students. After finish uh, PSU, we immediately packed up the car and headed to Los Angeles, where I attended California State University of Los Angeles, where I earned a master's degree in orientation and mobility. Later, in uh, 1997, I received a a doctorate in uh, educational leadership from Oregon State University. Go Beavers. So enough about me. Hold on. I got a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. I knew Sue worked at the Rhinelander playing accordion. What did you do? I was busboy. (laughs) You must have been mighty good to attract her attention. Actually, I was in the room when she was uh, interviewed by uh, uh, Horace Mager, the owner. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, setting up the uh, the dining room, and and, uh, and the after the they did the inter- interview, Horace looked at her and said, "You know, girls can't do this job." I remember that from our interview, and yeah. she went, "Oh yeah," and she went, "Went oh yeah," and, and that uh, uh, she said said the, that uh, that I can do this. Give me a chance, and she was the first. A female accordionist for Rhinelander, and she opened the door for a number of people, a uh, number of women that uh, that came in and and were the accordionists, and ended up with more female accordionists than male accordionists. Wow! So, yeah. for those in the audience who don't know, Rhinelander used to be 
Oh, I hate to say that used to be an amazing German restaurant you could go to here in Portland. And they were an institution for years. Very good German food. That's how I got introduced to warm sauerkraut with some spices. And, And for those of you who don't like sauerkraut and you get a chance to go to a German restaurant, try it. It is on another level. Uh, totally on another level. Absolutely. So that's that was the Rhinelander. Yeah, and, and that uh, uh, that there there are several restaurants that Horace daughter spun off, um, and that right. uh, Gustav's. You know, so, yeah, you know, so they're they're around also. I wanted to, uh, uh, you know, I want the reason I kind of did my history is to document my long-standing interest in the, in the uh, blind and low vision community in Oregon. The, this contest is going to include several sessions of me ta- talking about hi- uh, history of the uh, American Council for the Blind of Oregon. Then on Saturday at about seven, we'll, we'll do a true-false test to see who paid the most attention to the history, history sessions. If we have a tie, we'll do a drawing to determine the winner. The winner will receive a $200 Visa card. That uh, the uh, sessions are listed in the in the convention agenda. That we'll we'll have our fir- first session this evening at eight o'clock after Dr. Weddle's uh, wine tasting event, and I'm really looking forward to that. According to to the agenda on Saturday. We'll come together for history session at 9.45 for 15 minutes, 10.45 for 15 minutes, 11.50 for five minutes. One o'clock, we'll do do 20 minutes. And then we'll wrap, wrap uh, the whole thing up at uh, seven o'clock uh, for 10, 10 minutes history. And then we'll do the true fall, false question uh, about the uh, uh, OCB of, uh, of uh, history. Uh, we're go- going to, uh, when you count that all up, it's about 80 minutes of discussion about uh, uh, the uh, ACB of O history. Any questions about what we're going to do? No? No Don't raised hands out there. Oh, all right. Well, I'm pretty interested in finding out more information. So, you know, I- I've been involved since 1994. So, you know. Some of it I should know. We'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see. The the t- that we're going to post my test results. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then that we're going to start start with uh, going back to to 1954. That's when when we start. And I think we we might have a couple of surprises for people that people didn't know we did that. You know, and include, including uh, loaning out a lot of money and. Uh, and doing a lot of uh, different different uh, grants that we had uh, uh, had done, and and that uh, that we've uh, uh, create, created some uh, uh, ongoing funding sources that uh, that just automatically come to us, and, and nice. so we'll uh, we'll we'll talk talk about some some of those. So I do have a question, Pat. Did you learn things preparing for this session? Uh, in terms of lo- looking at stuff, that the, uh, the, yeah, I did. That uh, the there's uh, there there was some stuff that uh, that I included. I I, I do do want to uh, 
I'm gonna gonna uh, say this uh, tomorrow, but uh, uh, like, like a had a quote from Fred Krepela, who was a very early uh, president and uh, um, and managed the uh, the uh, newsletter the, that we have, and we've called it a couple of things, you know, including the stylus. And I I just Let's see, I can't decide if I'm cringing at the, at the comment or recognize that this is 1954. It says, your chairman likes this job with uh, such four good-looking gir- girls to assist him. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was funny. Well, I, think is... if, I, I think if you said that today, that, uh, that you would be instructed that you're being inappropriate. Yes, and I, I would say that, that just kind of... Yeah, that kind of just jo- does show, you know, a lot of things have changed over the years. Terminology, um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and what's appropriate and what isn't. The, that I, I don't want to uh, uh, start my history uh, par- part now. I mean, we've uh, got a total of uh, 21 people in, in, the, in the room, but... Uh, uh, but you mean you're going to keep us hanging? I'm gonna keep keep you keep you hanging because it's, it's going to uh, uh, the, that I I think think that uh, the that as we get into the uh, uh, to the evening that uh, that my session comes right after the wine tasting and I th- think people will be really happy <laughs> in one way or another. I love history, so I'm totally happy about history, sober or tipsy. (laughs) History is amazing. (laughs) Who do you have in your picture with you? Me? Yes. That's one of my my near and dear favorite friends. That's Caesar, the no no drama llama. And and that uh, (laughs) Caesar is just as as wonderful as a as a, a llama could, could be, that uh, that he's uh, uh, managed. Uh, I wouldn't say owned, but uh, but it's kind of a partnership by by Larry McCool uh, here in Salem, and they show up at, at just all kind of kinds of events. That, that if you almost clear your throat and say and and whisper, Larry, I'd li- like uh, Caesar to be at this this uh, meeting. That he'll be there. He and this know. llama doesn't spit? Absolutely not. Wow. He, he was going to be um, at our last convention in Salem, but I think he ended up getting double booked or something. Yes. Um, yeah, but he was going to actually come to one of our conventions. So who knows? <laughs> but we'll get him back. You know, when we're in, yeah. in person and meeting in Sa- Salem, that, uh, that we'll, we'll invite, invite him. He is so the the Caesar is just so soft and fluffy and and, and you know just just put, putting your arms around it. We've we've got a great p- picture and a giant smile from uh, uh, Bev Rushing, my mother in law, uh, when she she was hugging Caesar. Great, mamas. We, we have a really cool so. one with Bob Johnson too, hugging him because nice. came to one of our chapter meetings. Um, Larry treats Caesar like a therapy animal in a way. Caesar goes to a lot of the senior care facilities here um, to um, all the uh, city community kind of events like down on the waterfront for a 
um, you know, kind of festivals that we have. Um, and he, you know, he's, uh, he can be hired for events too, but he does a lot of this just for fun, just for nonprofit because Larry likes to do um, special things for, for free. He, he sees right. it as his mission in life, I think, to make people happy. And Caesar does that. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I think think it's really really great to uh, uh, bring them to to uh, events, you know, like you know, with the with the council, so so blind folks can can experience a, a llama that they don't realize that they're almost six feet tall, and, and they are so completely totally fluffy. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks so much. Hey, it's right at four o'clock, um, and we'll look forward to more. ACBO history at eight o'clock after our wine tasting with Dr. Hobie Wedler. So 